Live from Golden Eagle Comics, this is Comic Geek Speak, episode 1542, the 10th anniversary of Comic Geek Speak. Welcome to the show. I'm Brian Chrisman. I'm Brian Deemer. I'm Adam Murdo. I'm Peter Rios. I'm Matt. I'm Chris Eberly. I'm Shane Kelly. I'm Kevin Moyer. And I'm Kevin Moyer. <laughs> Piss off. Thanks. <laughs> started, Who's Kevin? started already. Uh, well, welcome to everybody listening out there on the stream. Hopefully we're not too loud and it sounds good. If not, there's no place I can do about it. We're, we're, <laughs> we got a basic recording equipment here at the, at the uh, comic, uh, the Golio uh, Comics. Talk where to the mic. Well, I don't want to get in your way there, sir. He's yelling at us. <laughs> anyway, just welcome to the show. We've got nothing planned, so here we go. We've got nothing planned. <laughs> No, it was great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, good night, everybody. <laughs> I'll start off real quick. Uh, it was 10 years ago, uh, Peter and Brian started the show. One quick question. How did you get the show out there to people and get people to want to listen to the show? Because I don't even know that. How did you get started with the show as far as like, advertising and promoting it? Well, you just put it on the Internet and you let people find it. Really? Yeah, we did, we did zero <laughs> promotion or anything. You know, there, were, there weren't that many podcasts, so people who wanted to listen to podcasts just found us. Was, there was no trickery. We just, there were no there were no ads. There was no shouting from a mountaintop or anything. It was no, like no Twitter, no Facebook. No, that, that wasn't even. There a was thing. a blog. Yeah, right. We had a blog. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was at the blog spot. Oh wow! Like on those very old gray oh, T-shirts that. we used yeah. to have. Yeah. Were you screen printing those shirts initially? Yes. Yeah. In the basement. In the basement. Instead of a game night, it was a uh, print T-shirts. <laughs> we were running our own sweatshop. <laughs> <laughs> Ben and Matt weren't old enough to do that yet. We recorded a couple days before the March 7th, and we released right. our first episode. Yes. Right, yeah. yeah, we did two episodes the first day, right? Yeah. yeah. Right from the start, we were, like, cranking stuff out. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It was the first, uh, I remember uh, Brian emailed about doing the show, and it was perfect because I had just broken, come out of a long relationship and I was miserable. I remember Kevin taking me to come see The Incredibles. He was like, "You're gonna, you're." I said, "He's like, call you. I want, you want to go to the movies?" Ah, he said, no, no, no. It wasn't a question. You're really. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so thankfully, this thing rolled around because he put the creative energy into it, and uh, it's been. Uh, so we saved you from ten years of depression, oh my God. And anxiety. And stuff like that. I was on the bridge, and I got an email. Do you want to do this? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> We are not insensitive to people suffering from suicide. Anyway, <laughs> it was weird putting it out because it was like, "What are we? What is this?" Nobody knew. I mean, there were, like you said, there were a few, but it was like, "What is it? What is podcast?" Now look, somebody just referenced a podcast on Scandal, the latest episode of Scandal about you know some Ferguson thing, and she was like, "Oh, this guy, he's he's an activist and he has a blog and a podcast." And I was like, "Oh, there it is." <laughs> yeah. Mainstream. It is. It's crazy. Remember when the, the statistic, like, even after two years or something of doing the show, it was only, like, 13% of people even heard, knew the word podcast, let alone listened to them, right? So we were fighting an uphill battle the whole time. I'm pretty sure that if it weren't for you guys, I would be part of the 87%. <laughs> that did not. You mean your phone doesn't get podcast? <laughs> let, me, let me flip it open and find out. <laughs> World War II backpack phone. Yeah. <laughs> Pull up the antenna. Yeah. Turn the crank. <laughs> God, whose mic 
is so loud? I don't know. Uh, probably murder. He's got a booming voice. Yeah. Yes. Get this thing away from me. No, you have <laughs> your own mic. You have the most beautiful voice. That's why you get your own mic. Oh, go on. <laughs> no, really, go on. It's true. Uh, show of applause. Who has the best voice on the show? Is it Murd? Come on, right? <laughs> it's a precious resource, apparently. I'm conserving it. That's anticlimactic. Take a bow. Say thank you. How far are you on Mohatmu now? Um, uh, Galactus. All right. Nice. So we're approaching so it. D through G. Nice. And what year are you in your in your reading? Um, <laughs> still 2002, I think. <laughs> it's it's not getting better, folks. <laughs> How far were you behind when you started on the show? I think it was only seven years back then. <laughs> Over the good old days. <laughs> again, it's one of the. Many far-reaching impacts of this beast called Comic Geek Speak. I've been introduced to so many great new things to read. I just want to buy them all and read them all, and I'm not finding any more time to do so than I had back in 2005. So the problem is just snowballed. But you know what? I have no regrets. <laughs> and no one to blame but yourself. Yeah. Also true. <laughs> uh, somebody want to talk about Golden Eagle? We're here in Golden Eagle. Well, I, I, I think I can speak for at least myself and Peter um, and some other. Frank Kevin was one of them. When we all met, it was uh, the Golden Eagle at Berkshire um, in Why Missing. And that's where we started to hang out. And I had a job where I could arrange to have off Wednesday afternoons. So I'd get there at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and we'd be there to what? Five, six, sometimes oh, later, later that, at night. Because <laughs> basically it would happen in waves. Like, you know, oh, you'd, yeah. you'd be there, and then you'd be there for like an hour or two, and then somebody else would show up, and then we'd sit there and shoot the fat, and then next thing you know, Peter would show up, and there'd be another <laughs> hour or two, and then, you know, somebody else would show up. You know, Alex, you know, yeah. something, you know, and next thing you know, it's six, seven o'clock at night. You know. Dinner's gone by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's gone up to pay a couple times, <laughs> and, th- and that's how it started. We started hanging out there, chit chatting, then at people's houses in their basements. And uh, it just snowballed from there. The, the thing that we always did and still do, really, is talk like we would if we were hanging out. And that, that's how it always started, was a friendship. Can you imagine if Lem had a, a sofa and some chairs there? Oh, we did never left. We talked about that. <laughs> yeah, we talked we about talked the We talked about that many room. a time uh-huh. with John at the Berkshire store because they had a lot of room there. Yeah. And we said, you know, you should do like, you know, just put a couch there, like borders and places like that. Yeah. Put a couch, table, have some coffee, things of that nature. You get, know what I mean? Get a, get a refrigerator for some drinks. Yeah. yeah Obviously, it never happened. No, but, but it was a great idea. <laughs> you have that now? You have that now, don't you, Chris? Oh, and Wild Pig? Yeah. Yes, we have a full lounge, uh, beverages, candy, TV, couch, Blue TV. Blue. A lot of that's all Bill's doing, of course. Yeah. We have two, two couches now. That's right. We got a second couch. That's right. Thank you for having me, Billy. Do you let- Customers use your restroom then, or is that entrapment? No, they can use the restroom. Okay. You say, is that entrapment? Entrapment. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see that episode of Slime where they took a book into uh, the bathroom? Flag. Flag. Yeah, they yeah. got a flag. Yes, madam, even creeper in real life, you have a camera in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> just to make sure you don't take oh. books back there. That's not true, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hide in plain sight. <laughs> is, is there some? Are we like breaking the laws of the universe by having an owner of a comic book store, a guest inside of another comic book store? Is, no, Wild Pig. Are and we Golden crossing e- into the no, Wild here? Pig and Golden Eagle are allies. There's no. <laughs> but are you? Absolutely. There's no civil war. Look, I despise most other comic shops. So for me to say that, it's true. Okay. Right, There's a reason the Simpsons comic guy exists, and that stereotype is true in most cases. But not here. 
That's always so. been the thing, right? In ten years, like if you think about like the past ten years of like you know we've been, we've so many people associate us with DCBS, and uh, we were few of us were customers before we even did the podcast. I know Kevin was, yeah, I was, Brian was, was. Yeah. yeah, and we just happened to talk about DCBS on episode six, like just. Just talking about it because we were like, there's this really cool service and da, da, da. Nobody ever believed that they were not – there was no exchange of anything for right. like years. No. I wish no. there was. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then eventually there was – you know, it became a, a whatever. But Sponsor. Yeah. And then so it's always interesting to uh, – I always, I always wondered Chris's real thoughts about all that and then coming on the show and then – because we used to get a lot of flack, right? We used to get a lot of flack about. Oh my God, we got a lot oh, of flack. You're killing the look. No, we're not. We're, you know. Well, I mean, you think about it, right? I remember when we had episode 300 here. It was Lem told me very happily that it was his most successful day of business in the store's history. Wow! Right. Yeah. So whether or not we buy our monthly books from DCBS, we still put a lot of money in Lem's pocket. Mm-hmm. We've helped Chris have successful sales that have put a lot of money in Chris's pocket. Made. See, the thing is, people now drive through Reading. Maybe they're. They're just going for something. They stop at Golden Eagle because they know about Golden Eagle. People coming through New Jersey, they stop at Wild Pig just because they're on their way somewhere else, and they're like, oh, I heard about this cool comic shop in New Jersey. So- well, periodically, people always stop in and identify themselves as CGS listeners. And to answer your uh, previous query, Peter, I don't, I, I, would, I don't blame people one moment for going to DCB service to buy their books because new comics are ridiculously overpriced, um, and why wouldn't you? That's why we do games and use stuff because you can't just rely on new comics. So I, I would don't blame anybody for doing that. If I wasn't a retailer, I would be doing that <laughs> because four dollars for a comic book is stupid. So you know, I, I've never had any problem with that. And now look, how many people are sponsored by DCB? We changed the market in ten years. <laughs> I mean, they're they're running full cover ads now on, yeah, on major comic yeah, books. Yeah. That's awesome. So, that was cool. You know, yeah. yeah. They announced in stock trades on our on our show. Oh, really? I don't remember yeah. that. Wow. Yep. <laughs> That's a great site too. <laughs> He's busting your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody? There's the first lull of the episode so far. <laughs> well, well if you if you want, I have those those questions. Um, well, <laughs> you know, in the past where I'd have uh, like basically a question for everyone, I kind of revamped that. Um, What I did was uh, I essentially wrote them down on an index card. And then uh, so we can get some listeners to participate where you could draw a question and you could ask one of us specifically and then answer it yourself to kind of get more than just us sitting here asking. Um, So, well, here, let's do this first. What, what, uh, does anybody have anything that they in 10 years? can't believe or have you changed or just anything like in the past 10 doesn't even have to be about we're not talking weight gain right well that's a given i think we've all sw- except for brian we've all swelled well pants has lost though too pants, is pants lost, is, yeah. i've lost you jackass <laughs> <laughs> this is true credit where credit is due well first you swelled and no. then you shrank yeah. right yeah yeah i swelled pretty well <laughs> it's winter hey I'm married with a kid now so yeah, that's Matt. Right. That's yeah. Matt is married, and Matt has a child. <laughs> yeah, that the guy who swore up and down he would never even like, yeah. go on a date. <laughs> well, I looked mean. at what our groupies were, and I figured I better, you know, just, just get married. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, that's They're Matt at men. ComicGeekSpeak.com. <laughs> the ones that would approach me were men. Some of us are men. <laughs> I know. People. Oh, my Jeez. Jeez. And there's been budding <laughs> relationships because of 
our shows. I know. <laughs> People proposing and getting married. That's right. And, yeah. As far as we know, we're the first show that ever, first podcast to ever have a proposal on the air, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, TV, TV's, TV's Mario. Mario. <laughs> and just looking at all the tweets we've gotten today, how many other podcasts have either started directly or friendships that made podcasts come out of Comic Geek Speak? Like Dozens of them. Mm-hmm. Would you say six? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a reasonable figure, I think. Yeah. I mean, many of them are in our audience right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they can't hear a wave, Ian. And by the way, I'm, Ian, I'm sorry. There are no balloons. I've got the balloons. I'm sorry. You forgot the balloons. I forgot the balloons. He was oh. promised balloons. What happened to the manga? Plural balloons. I was promised balloon. I thought it was balloon. Well, all right. Well. All right. Yeah. Either either way, though. But you know, while while I'm up here, just straight up, I want to thank you guys in general for letting the community grow the way you have, and uh, basically changing uh, the scope of my friendships over the years because, like, I didn't have a lot of people to talk to about comics when I was younger. And when I made the decision to get into the car of a guy I didn't know, hi, Bruce, um, (laughs) (laughs) for episode 100, that changed the scope of my friendships and the scope of of my comic book reading for the better. And I wouldn't know all you guys otherwise, and I wouldn't know anybody else in this room or anybody else on the internet or the forums. <laughs> yes, sucker. Thanks, Raph. Uh, <laughs> without that. So thank you, and I'm happy to have been to all of your freaking yes. events over the yes. years. I think you're the one. Is uh, that correct? Two. Yeah. Bruce. 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 Yeah. Bruce would be the other one. So straight up, thank right. you now guys for you have to fight that. it out amongst yourselves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kirk uh, Spock site <laughs> fighting to go on later tonight. Oh, Wait for that. <laughs> Ouch. Th- thank you guys for that. 100%. No question about it. Thank you, thank you sir. Thank you. Thank you, Levin Steve. Well, yep. Pants, one thing I, I would say uh, two things. First, I think we should acknowledge what a magnificent job you've been doing, as whether you acknowledge yourself as the producer or not. You are the producer. You're doing a magnificent job, and I think everybody should acknowledge that and give you a round of applause. Oh, stop. Absolutely. Here, here. Oh, stop! Everybody, stop your applause, please! Everybody, stop your applause! Hey, 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 He's already falling apart, ladies and gentlemen. He's already falling apart again. As many of you know, and maybe some of you don't, and you're probably better off for it, Pants is an insanely anal retentive. Well, that's another anal word. Uh, He's hell-bent on time and organization and making sure everything happens a certain way. Uh, which in your social life is super friggin' annoying, but as a producer of a podcast is the most valuable gift you could ever have, and so he does an incredible job. Uh, everything is timely and organized, and also, as much as he would never love to admit it, he's a hell of an interviewer as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, yeah. Great and, radio uh, you know, not that you should do something that you don't enjoy, but when you do do it, you are very good at it, and you just need to know that So you know... Well, thank you, sir. I take that as a compliment. Thank you very much. And who knew? (laughs) While we're uh, slapping each other on the ass. um, (laughs) Hey, now. Is that what that was? Yeah. Of uh, uh, all of us here, at least right here at the table, um, Shane has been here, has not left 
the group and come back <laughs> at all. He's the only one, you know. Some of some people just sort of drift away. Mac comes in and out like a roach, you know. Can't <laughs> 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 yeah. And like of the ones of like of of like if people don't know, yeah, it was actually original five, excuse me, and then it was six. Hey, I got invited. <laughs> we had to ask Mike Parkinson from Australia to draw you in in the little <laughs> characters. <laughs> and it was seven, then it was eight. But Shane has also been around. He's been, he's, he's yeah, he been around. He's been around. Number three. Episode three, yep. yep. So uh, congratulations to Shane, too. It was a lot of fun. And it, and it was escape for me. I mean, as, as much as I love kids and family and being at home, I, I like to get out with my friends, so I choose to be able to do it when we record. Um, it's something I look forward to. I, I wouldn't get to see most of these guys. Every life gets in the way. Everybody develops relationships, gets married, kids, moves away, jobs, whatever it is. But no matter what, I can still call these guys up and talk to them. We can still get together, and it's like yesterday. And if it's not here in front of the microphone, if it's in somebody's basement, it feels the same as it did 10 years ago. And we need to clarify because Chad brought this up. We were never, Chad Chaconi, we were never in an addict. Attic originally, or a no, basement? No. <laughs> we were in, go ahead, where were we at? We were in my office on the first floor. <laughs> with windows. <laughs> with windows and everything. The only time we ever recorded in the basement was one night, one, two when episodes. We, two episodes were recorded yep. in Shane's because we were in the process of moving to the new studio. Yep. We had actually moved to the new studio, but then the internet wasn't there or something, so we had Correct. to move back out into Shane's place temporarily. It's a better story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ground level, my friend. Ground level. <laughs> Priority one. <laughs> we've had at least one where it was uh, mobile and a vehicle. That's probably the closest we've gotten to a uh, confined area. Even that's right on the ground yeah, level, too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what was that one? I missed that one. What was that? We, it was like a party we did bus? that in Pittsburgh, driving yeah. around. Oh. That's when Ben was oh, little. Oh, sorry, blame me. I'm listening to this in the car afterward, and Ben's a baby in the back seat strap. Well, no, nah, a little bit older because he could understand it. And all of a sudden, I completely forgot Matt said this. We're going along, and all of a sudden, Matt goes, left turn, my right nut. And Ben goes, what? Oh, my God, don't repeat that. Do not say that to Mom. You did not hear that. I tried to let it go, and he started laughing. What's that? I'm like, never mind. Never mind. That's all right. Laugh. You can laugh. Now. Yeah, now. Well, now when I bring... My nine-year-old the studio, we have you know we have the bullshit button there. He just gleefully just keeps pushing that over and over. <laughs> so you know, trying to get it to go, it doesn't work, and he hits it and hits it. It's making precocious. It's fine. Says the parent who let his nine-year-old watch The Godfather. Well, I, I was I was introduced to The Godfather around the same age. Oh, right. and, you know, he, <laughs> he was ready. <laughs> we we interpreted and explained. Oh, okay. That explains a lot, Ryan. <laughs> One one thing I would say as as the newest cast member is that it's been a thrill for me. What's that? Cast members. It's a thrill for me because I was introduced to you guys in 2006. I think you've been doing it for about a year at that point. And Ryan, being the tech-savvy person that he is, had found the show and told me about it. So we decided to, you know, connect with you guys to do promotion. And I so enjoyed going on the air with you, whatever interview we did at that, this is many years ago at that time, that you couldn't get rid of him. I'd call in again, and we'd have other discussions and other interviews, and then we'd form these close friendships, meeting at Pittsburgh and other shows and so forth. Then we started having the legendary uh, parties where 
usually involved in humiliating me in some way, which is appropriate. But no, that's or not many just ways. Yeah. That's, that's everywhere. Yeah. That's everywhere. And, uh, <laughs> correct. And then to move from that to actually participate in the show has been a, really a real honor for me because obviously I've loved comic books since I was a child. And to find like-minded people of the same passion who can talk about it intelligently, um, it's just been – I can't thank you guys enough for being part of this. It's just a big thrill for me. So honored to be here. Actually, I think it was Pants I- idea to bring you in more because then we stopped busting on him and we just <laughs> <laughs> deflection yeah. it's classic technique <laughs> that's a I fulfilled that role many times in my life so I'm quite accustomed to it Everly poetry reading <laughs> <laughs> awesome some of those videos are on YouTube on our CGS account if you haven't seen them you really need to Murd and Peter do dramatic reenactments of Chris Everly poetry it's priceless well, the poetry's when I was 19 and didn't know any better. So, but it deserves to be lampooned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, at least you were invited on, unlike Pants, who just snuck in and never left. <laughs> well, that was all your fault. That was. That be- was on to uh, Heroes Con that one year. Well, yeah, in 2006, well, I met you guys, some of you guys at the New York Comic Con for the first time, including Peter. Saw you guys again in Chicago when I mentioned quite casually that, oh, yeah, I'm going to Heroes Con for the first time. And, I think Peter said, oh, can I come along? And it's like, yeah, okay, Peter can come along. And we drove down, and we actually recorded, I think, in the car, and Peter did all kinds of recording down at the show. And I think he said at some point, hey, you know, if you ever want to come on the show for whatever reason, you know, that's fine. And he invited me on. I think the first one was a, was a convention episode. Yeah. And then, yeah, I snuck around and weaseled my way in, and now you're stuck with me. So, so you were picking him up? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> we crossed state lines, yes. <laughs> well, then I created you by giving offense. you the nickname Pants. <laughs> I created you. <laughs> no, Matt, you created the nickname, I believe, actually. Yeah, that's what he said. That's what, that's what I said. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't I hear it. I created you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Do you know when that was? Was that uh, 200? Yeah, episode 200, yep. My darkest day. Yes. It was in Brian's basement. So. Oh, there goes the mic again. Yeah, what were you playing? Bumper pool? Yeah, I was playing bumper pool with Jamie, and I uh, was getting on Matt's nerves. As, as I usually do, wearing my pants sweatshirt, and he goes, hey, pants, and next thing you know, it's stuck. The legend was born. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, I got pop to a halt again. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Matt, you want to? Sure, sure, I can. So, I got um, questions written on here. Uh... Now, just a little kind of side thing in here. For the last couple of years, we've been doing various types of raffles and whatnot. And we always have like a hat or a can. And, and I've been thinking of this, this idea, but I couldn't quite figure out how to work until recently. So I figured the show should have something that's reflection of us with a little bit of style. Yeah. Just a little oh, bit. He makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah, so he gets, he gets out of trash bag. That's a dead Gucci. All right. So what we do is, anytime we need a rap. Ladies and gentlemen, he's just brought out a pair of pants, and uh, he's dumped all of the uh, tickets. What you have to do is, you stick your hands into one of the front pockets. (laughs) Just to forewarn you, there are some pressure points in here, so you might get cross something like... uh, Oh, boy. Oh, you can't hear it. You can't hear it. Here we go. Okay, so, like, um... (laughs) (laughs) That was was James Brown doing hot pants, by the way. (laughs) 
You're the only one there. You're the only one. You ever saw Anchorman? Pants the pants party, party line? That's a great visual. Wow. It's great for podcasting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt, you on the radio. You yeah. never cease to amaze me with your resourceful and creativity. Come on, Eric. <laughs> stick your hands in the stick pants. Your hands in the pants. There's some sanitizer to the left. It's <laughs> 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 so funny. Step up to the mic. Sure. Mm-hmm. Identify yourself, citizen. Howdy. My name is Eric Johnson from Philadelphia. Woo. I've been listening since probably, I think, like episode 95 or, mm. you know, before 100. And real quick, just say thank you to all you guys. I, I, I work. There. I work at night, and, and you guys are all... Mo- I'm always listening to you guys in my ears. I probably would kill somebody if I didn't. Something, <laughs> at least something interesting to listen to. I work with a bunch of apes. so. <laughs> and if any of my coworkers are listening, I didn't mean that. <laughs> uh, let's see. What TV series or comic book cartoon series do you wish would return with the original cast? Hmm. Well... I'll take the one first because my wish is being granted because Twin Peaks is coming back ah, in 2016 yes. with the original cast. At least those are still alive, so my wish will be granted in that case. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would be your answer before you go? You have to answer it, too. Oh, I have to answer it, too? Sure. I'm sorry. Yeah, there are rules to this crazy yes. game mat design. As you can see, they're being made up as it goes I, you know, I, I, I'll probably get a lot of flack, but... Like, I, I really love nostalgia. Things that make me feel like I was a kid. Are, and one of my favorite cartoon series that, when I was a kid, it's terrible now. I would never let my son watch it because it's, it's like, horrendous. But the, the Dungeons & Dragons Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, of course. What's oh. horrendous about it that? Does not, well, it doesn't stand up, like, to my memory. It's got Willie Ames I, I waited, in it. I waited, like, 25 <laughs> or 30 years to watch it again. And I watched it. What did I like about that? <laughs> it was horrible. But I would say that would probably be like the ultimate nostalgia for me to, to just watch that with a bowl of cereal and my footy pajamas. <laughs> Holds up for me. I, uh, I'd like to see Mask come back. The mobile armored strike command mask with Venom. Of course he would. Uh, all these great 80s properties and nothing ever happens with Mask. But yeah, I'd love to have that come back. Adam, you've got to have some. I always wanted to see a taxi reunion show, but of course we've we've already lost uh, Latka Gravis now. Yeah, uh, Andy Kaufman, and uh, yeah, but, <laughs> still waiting for him to pull the punchline on that one. Yeah, just, but, and we've also lost uh, Bobby Wheeler, uh, so Jeff Conaway. Uh, so that's not going to be possible. So I guess uh, following Shane's lean, I guess I'd say uh, if we're talking '80s toy properties to be revived, Visionaries. Well. Wouldn't even need to be the original cast. I just want somebody to do something with that. A comic, an animated series, I don't even care what. Knights of the Magical Light. <laughs> I'm probably the only one in this room who remembers it. I had, I had this issue number one by Star oh, Comics. Oh, from Star Comics, yeah. yeah. Anyone else want to come up? I'd like to see a, a Dark Crystal sequel. Oh, yeah. Oh. <clears throat> Aren't they working on something like that? Maybe, Supposedly. but we'll see. I'll believe it when I see working it. On it. I thought so. Put your hands in the pants. <laughs> How long did it take you to make that? <laughs> He's feeling around. A couple days. 
Well, I'm going to seize the mic for a second and do a testimonial like uh, Ian did. Uh, I'm here partially well, on my own Speak in front of the mic then, please. And partially on behalf of and Action Who Life are you Club. again, sir? I'm Chad Ciccone. And, uh, CGS has had not only a personal effect on my life, but sort of is partially responsible for the creation of Action Lab as well. I, I'm a, I have a day job, but I'm a comic artist, and my first published work was because of the CGS forums. I hooked up with Blue Meanie from the UK on the CGS forums, who was the writer on my first project, and CGS was how I met him. And Action Lab, all the original founders of Action Lab met each other originally through the CGS forums and the various events and things. So you were talking about effects you guys have had on the industry. Action Lab exists in large measure due to relationships formed as a result of Comic Geek Speak. So thank you on behalf of Action Lab and on behalf of myself as well. Why are we, why are we getting Action Lab coats? <laughs> Uh, I'll run it up the flagpole. I've done it for years. We need action lab coats. Come on. It writes itself. It to print money. I'll take, I'll take that under advisement. Go ahead. I, I'm not entirely sure what, what this means. It says, ask Brian a question. So ask Brian whatever question you want. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. Brian. <laughs> Is it a Y or I? It's a Y. Oh, it's a y. <laughs> <laughs> well... Take us back to the very, very beginning. If, if this thing, was this thing your idea? And if so, what was the original genesis of the idea? What caused you to want to do this in the first place? All right. I've, I've, I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. Um, go ahead, Stan. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, <laughs> lot of people who have, luckily haven't gone back and listened to the old episodes. I'm going to post it right now. I, I, <laughs> I read an article in Wired Magazine. It had Adam Curry on the front cover. Talking about podcasting. I think the issue was probably the February of 2005 issue, which meant I got it in, you know, January or whatever, right? And I knew Adam Curry from Headbangers Ball back in the MTV days, right? And he's, he, he's been a, he was like a pirate radio DJ in the Netherlands when he was like 14 years old, and that's how he got famous and became a DJ in New York for like Q102 and then went on to MTV and stuff. So he has a history of broadcasting and, and knows about this stuff. So he latched, he's also a tech guy. He had, In 2000, he had invested a lot of money in tech companies and stuff, and so he knows quite a bit about technology. So he found out about this idea of using RSS feed with audio, and then he, because he's a tech guy and a broadcaster, he took that idea, re- recorded some, some audio, and coined the term podcasting, because you know you listen to it on an iPod, and so then and and that basically the first podcast ever was I think like October of two thousand four somewhere in that time frame. So I was reading this article. I'm like, I want to try this because I'm a tech nerd and I like to play around with stuff. I got to do this, and I was like, well, I don't know enough about anything to actually talk about anything in a meaningful way, except maybe comic books. So maybe I should talk about that. So immediately I sent an email to Peter. I'm like, I don't have enough on my own, so who knows way more about comics than I do is Peter. Did you listen to any podcast before you nope. decided to do one yourself? Nope, didn't listen to a single <laughs> nothing. I mean, I'm not, well, that's maybe not true. I probably listened to a couple of Adam Curry shows um, and said, yeah, I want to try this. So I bought the crappiest microphone from, from Radio Shack. Yep. 
I think it's that one over there. Yeah, it's the one I'm using. <laughs> and uh, and Peter came over, and with like only a few notes, we talked for 15 minutes on that first episode, and then talked for another 20 minutes for the second episode, and that was the beginning. That was, I mean, there was really no other thought or effort put into it other than that. Like, it's like Stan Lee telling the origin of Spider-Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> And then it was magic. <laughs> yeah, basically. So it is very much like 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 the Stanley story, right? I just had the idea, and then I let Jack Kirby do all the work. <laughs> no, that's not true because you had the Stump the Rios things. From, I did from, from, from right from episode, from episode one. one. Yeah, and you actually were more of like quote unquote the producer for a while. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, ideas and, and right. things like that. I remember I was listening to. One of the things I dropped the ball on before this 10th anniversary was, was supposed to – I was supposed to put out clip shows, like year one, year two, year three. And I'm actually working on it. We'll, we'll get it sometime. Um, by year 11 year. or so. Yeah. By like year, Crusaders by episode 20. six. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, there's one episode maybe like in the 30s or 20s or something like that. Brian's like, okay, we got to do – great announcement. We were downloading maybe 10, you know, 10 downloads, 20. We got 100 downloads yeah. on one episode, and we were like, oh, that's so great. We're making our way early on. And, you know, now, you know, I don't know what they are now, but uh, uh, that was pretty crazy. When you think about, like, pri- post, I guess that was post, might have been pre-iTunes um, putting podcasts up. Yeah, because iTunes yeah. started podcasts in June of that year. So it was, like, more like just word of mouth and just spreading it around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know a lot of it came from uh, people just Googling comic books or comic book information, and podcasts started to pop up. Yeah. It's still how a lot of people find us. They just yeah. pop in comic book podcast, and there we are. Are we the oldest comic podcast? Mm. Or no? That's still going on? Possibly. Yeah. Well, I mean, comic Geek, Los Comic Geekos, was, wasn't they right they started around, right, right around us, and they're still going strong. Hey, yeah, Chris collected comics library. Neil Gorman Comicsology. Yeah, but he yeah, stopped a long oh, that's time right, ago. That's right. So he I'm, was doing it a few months, like about a month or so before we were, but he stopped kind of a couple months after we started. He never Augie DeBleek was like one of the earliest for, in like January. In fact, maybe January 1st. Like a specific comic podcast, because I know Mer Lafferty was doing some comic talk, but it wasn't like a comic-specific show. There was the Meanwhile podcast, and a lot of those paid, pod faded. But when did Chris Marshall do his? Was it before? I think it was before. might have been. I don't remember. Yeah. I think it was also March, but I don't okay. remember. Does still Yeah, she's still around. Mer Lafferty's still around, yeah. Bruce, do you have any recollections on that? Come to Mike, Bruce Rosenberger. He's, Who was, uh, I believe, the first in-studio guest yes, of was. Comic Geek Speak back in the old days. And along with Ian, our other uh, Comic Geek Speak event, Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the first one I can remember was, it was called Comic Geeks. And I don't remember, I can't remember who the host was. He, he, we killed them and took their <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then this, this was the second one I found. This was the second comic book podcast that I found. So I think I started listening at like 9 or 10. So... Those those are the only ones I know of before. I mean, but yeah, that's you guys were very early on. You know, I, mean, I, I discovered them in December two thousand four, and you were what February, March, March. Yeah, so that's why we're here today, March seventh, tenth anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> <10th> anniversary. <laughs> you know, 
Oh, is that what we're we doing here? Sorry. I had to do that. Stay there, Bruce. Stay there. So, uh, and because uh, you, so you just, how did you find the show again? Because I'm curious about that question of like, how did people find the show prior to? Turn about the green one. Yeah, it was the, well. That was Thank before you, iTunes was out. But and I can't remember. I can't even remember how I how I found them. But there must have been websites or something that had different shows listed. And, yeah, uh, I seem to vaguely recall like some sort of directory or something very early on yeah. that somebody oh, just God. mapped. Podcast Alley. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's how I found the show. You know, I I I'd been jonesing to do one for a while, but and you did. Well, eventually, yeah. yeah. You know, you guys helped inspire me. You know, I I actually had a couple friends that were comic fans, and I said, "Hey, let's do one of these podcast things," and they both looked at me and said, "Why?" <laughs> Never. There's one of them, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's a brutal room. How's the? How are your comics going and all that? Podcasts? No, your comics too. Oh, the comics. Uh, I'm working on number nine now. I got the script and uh, our number space nine of Dutchy Digest. Dutchy I'm sorry. Digest. I love that time. Yep. And, it's um, one of my favorites. The. Uh, the, the con that we go to is normally in early April. Uh, the hotel that it's held in suddenly shut down, which isn't a big surprise because it was getting kind of run down anyway. But it had to be rescheduled till July, so I have lots of time to take take my time. I usually do it at the very last moment. You know, that's, that's kind of the way I do things. You know, so, so we're getting. Steve's there. horrified by that thought. <laughs> no, no, he, he's he's learned over over ten years. He's learned that I do everything at the last minute. So, yeah, yeah that's what it is. So, so you're drawing about the pace of Jim Lee. It's you're drawing about the same pace as Jim Lee. Uh, I would yeah, say more yeah. Yeah. Art Adams. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could get one full comic from Art Adams a year. Be, it's yeah, coming. It? It's coming. Isn't that Guardians, Guardians team, team up? up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, we got one issue, right? Yeah. Just what you wanted. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but say, let's start with one issue and see what happens. Yeah. But hey, to, guys, congratulations. I'll thank you. Good question. Do you want to pick a question? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Put your hand in the pants. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I used to call Bruce the Dean of Comics Podcasting. Yeah. That's because. Because why? <laughs> Digging in the wrong hole? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Ow! Way too many in your Damn. All right. A mustache, a mustache. Brian must moustache, thick must moustache, my moustache, your moustache. Say the word, the word moustache. <laughs> what? What? It's, it's from. <laughs> he's quoting from A Million Ways to Die in the West. It's, it's, it had to be there. For moustache. Yeah, I think you might have spelled that wrong. No, that's, no. That's, uh, well, there's oh. two different ways to spell it. I agree with Matt. I prefer M O U S. A moustache. A moustache. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Big mustache, thick mustache, my mustache, your mustache. Say the word, the word mustache. 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 Now we both have said mustache. <laughs> <laughs> we should have pre-screened these. Unless wow. you're, <laughs> Unless you're one of there's, the, there's an opening on the show if anyone's interested. <laughs> yeah, that's why we call it the disclaimer. That's, the, that's a 20 part of the 80-20, right? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the 80-20. <laughs> <laughs> they get worse. Uh, <laughs> Who's next? 
be a little less right enthusiastic. Right here in my pocket, any pocket. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to point out, by the way, I've never actually officially been on the show as a guest. In all this time. In Pants, all this time. Failed. Pans, you producer, you failed. Maybe we were trying to tell you something. <laughs> and I haven't gotten the hint yet. All right. In Carrie Underwood's Before He Cheats, she... <laughs> Just let it go. Thanks, Matt. Thanks a lot. She, she beats the shit out of her boyfriend's tr- truck based on a probably. Doesn't that song put her boyfriend as the good guy? Yes, it does. <laughs> what the what? <laughs> does this win an argument with Megan, I'm wondering? Where, where are those David D. Stump questions? I think, I think, oh, did you really? I think I may have. Now is a purchase for Awkward. <laughs> Matt, is this like some bizarre self-promotion for yourself? Yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking. It's like his way to like kind of just work out his demons. It's so, br- it's so brilliant. Who has a somebody just come up and ask us a question that you want to know the answer to? Jesus, I'm gonna find the question. Oh. All right, so I guess it's, it's testimonial time too because um, I think I've, I've thought about it long. Uh, and you again here. are? Oh, my name is is Raph. I don't need a I don't need the rest of my name because I never use it. Um, so, but anyway, um, so you guys were, I think, at around a, episode 185 when I started listening, and I was in college and I had long breaks at my at my college and I needed something to do. So I just got an iPod and people told me about podcasts. So I found you guys. And really, I started meeting everyone in the community in New York, and then some people mentioned that they were coming down for a show. I said, sure, let's do that. I want to I want to meet more people like me that love comics. I really want to get into this. And now, as you all have known over the, over the years, I am a bit of a maniac, <laughs> and I'm really passionate about comics. And uh, you guys gave me the forum to express that and deal with it. First off, thank you for dealing with it and not like just be like, okay, no. Um, and, you know, over the years I've made a lot of friends in this room and, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've gotten to express my opinions. I've gotten to see new things. Honestly, I mean, I spent, I just left Midtown Comics. I was there for six years. I was the floor manager there for two years. Everyone relied on me for information. I feel like you guys were a big part of that by talking about books that no one else was talking about, by reviewing things, by mentioning things you like. You guys are all, you know, you're such a large group. You have such different tastes and that really helped me. It helped me open my mind up. I was just, like, really big, too, when I started out. So ne- that definitely helped me become, you know, the floor manager of Midtown Comics. And I, I've always been appreciative of that. And now in my new job, you know, working for who I work for, <laughs> I can't – I don't know if I should really say all of that. <laughs> Monopoly? Uh, then leave it go. Monopoly? Uh, uh, cer- a certain comic distributor. That has a monopoly? I, I, uh, we sell I, – I sell toys. I don't do anything with comics, know, so don't get angry at me. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think that's due to my job at Midtown, and my job at Midtown is due to you and everyone else here. So thank you guys. You guys have been a big support in my life, and, you know, this is a real community, and I, I love it, and I love being a part of it. <laughs> and, you know, it's important enough to me that I came down to my 31st birthday, and I wasn't going to mention it, <laughs> but there it is. I just well, – I thanks I'm, for not mentioning it. So speaking of that, I mean um, – so this is my question, actually. Um, where did you guys think you were going to be 10 years ago? Uh, 10 years ago, 10 years from – no, 10 years from now, 10 years ago. So where, where did you think you'd be today, 10 years ago? And um, what do you think will happen 10 years from now? Uh, and for me personally – 
I didn't think I'd be 31 because this is unreal. This is, I don't, I don't, I don't turn, I don't get old. I'm like immortal or whatever, right? I don't do this. Yeah. But yeah, that's my question: is where did you think you'd be 10 years ago, and where do you think you'll be 10 years from now? He just wants to see a bunch of grown men cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's all get emotional and stuff. Why not? Totally. Well, I certainly didn't think we'd be still podcasting 10 years ago. I mean, no, no, gosh. not at all. I don't think that yeah, ever no. even occurred to us. You didn't really that, have an idea how long you'd go with it? No, I didn't know. We just did, screwed around, right? Until people stopped listening. The fact that it even went a year seemed like, wow, we did this for a whole year, you know? Yeah. Is this when we announced this is the last episode? <laughs> <laughs> Click. God, I hope not. We have sponsors that we owe episodes to. <laughs> I'm pretty much in the same place. I mean, I was married at that time. I was having kids and, and having a family. Um, I didn't, I, like Brian said, I didn't think we'd be doing this 10 years from now. Um, if we do it 10 years from now, that's, that's great. Um, I, I really am amazed at, at not only the friendships we've made, the places we've gone, not me so much because I don't fly, and um, <laughs> uh, just that we still get together and, and do this. I mean, it, it's how I see my friends, my closest friends that are that are not only close at, at home, but close to my heart from everything we've, we've done over the years. I mean, these are the guys I started out with. And as I had people to talk to throughout my life with comics, but not like these guys. This was something even better when I started meeting Peter and Kevin and started hanging out and then met Brian and everybody else came in. Although, Matt, you came to the house and then we dissed you for a while. That's right. Yeah. I showed you that Star Wars Christmas That's special. right. And we That's thought, it. man, forget that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I'm... I'm me personally, I'm in the same place I thought I would be, but I never thought we'd still be doing this, and, and it's great. Uh, for, for me, it's since we all love comics so passionately, as long as they're actually printing comics in some form, whether it's paper or whatever else they decided down the road, as far as we're concerned, we should keep talking until we drop, basically. Yeah. So, and you introduced me to the, the Christmas, ho- the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. You weren't moved by Jefferson Starship and our I had comic. already seen it. I thought right. it was about a half hour, not two hours long. Once it hit the hour mark, it was getting a little bit old. No. Jefferson uh, Starship is on the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, I haven't seen it. They no. give a oh. they give a holographic concert in it. You I haven't gotten any it. further than B. Arthur. I don't think. <laughs> I have Red Octopus on the CD player in my car right now. I, I, I need to see this special. I think I so I have a cut. Excuse, it was in the CD player. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Murda, I'll, I'll lend you my copy. It, I would I would like to borrow it. <laughs> So, and you can keep it for a long, long time okay. if you like to. Okay, and if I like it as much as I'm expecting to, ten years from now I'll still be watching it every Christmas. <laughs> All right. So ten years ago, I, I probably, I, I probably wasn't thinking that far ahead to be honest. I probably expected I'd be caught up as far as five years behind in my comics reading. <laughs> I, I didn't think that I'd be sitting here in the midst of a group of good friends and fellow scholars of the comic medium still having meaningful discussions about said medium, you know, ten years hence and with no end in sight. Ten years from now, I hope well, – there's, there's no guaranteeing the podcast will necessarily hold together that long. But if it does, and we all hope that it does, uh, well, hopefully the discussions will be as good as they are now and the friendships will be as strong as they are now. And I'll probably be 17 years behind by then. <laughs> As far as my personal life, I'm not even going to make any guesses without suicidally depressing myself. <laughs> wow. Well, Way to bring down the room, bird. Not to worry. We're all happy now. That's, <laughs> that's what matters. <laughs> I got 10 years to spiral down. <laughs> 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 
Let's hear from Kevin. We haven't heard okay. from Kevin for a while. We're uh, well, you know, I, 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 how can I say it any different than what's already been said? As far as, I don't think any of us went into this thinking that, or had any notion where it would go. You know what I mean? I mean, I know personally, and obviously everybody's been reflecting the same thing. We just did it because we wanted to do it. You know, we were just doing something together as friends. There was no intention that you know we want to. We want to sell merchandise. We want to, you know, I mean, you know, it, it was nothing like that, you know. And I, and I don't think it really even, I don't even think it really hit home. You know, for me, it was, you know, obviously when we started to talk to people, I mean, you know, I remember Maury Hollowell talking to him in the first months, you know, and he would talk to me and he'd say, like, you just don't understand how many professionals are listening to your show. And I'm like, you're off your rocker. You know what I mean? It's like, there's no way, you know. And again, because it really was no intent to that, you know. And he's like, no, you don't understand. You know, they sit at a desk doing work, you know, or whatever, and they want something in the background. And other than music, this is something that's relatable, you know, and obviously they're interested in. So it's like you provide that environment of sitting at a table, talking with friends and, and hanging out. And, and, you know, it just doesn't. You can't comprehend something like that, obviously, when you're, you had no intent to do so. Um, but then when we started getting creators on, you know, to interview, like Joe Kubert and, you know, people, Gene Colan, you know what I mean? It still was kind of surreal. But then I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the end of, in 2005, in December, or at the end of that year, isn't that when <coughs> we had Stan Lee on? You know, wasn't that that, like, at yeah, something like that, yeah. You know what I mean? So you think about it, and within, like, what, eight months, you end up with a guest like Stan Lee. You know what I mean? It, it's it's surreal. There is no way uh, to... And I don't even think if you had a notion at the time to put some sort of intention to it, you would even fathom it is what it is. And And I give as much credit to the listeners as I do the other people on the show because if it wasn't for the community that is out there and the forum that we have, because originally that forum was ours. Was ours. Yeah. That was only a personal forum that Brian set up for That's us to just talk to each other yeah. on the Internet because all the other forums at that time, there were so many assholes, you know, that just wanted to, you know, troll and... At that time? Uh, well, <laughs> in its infancy when there's only a certain amount of forums, and it seemed like any forum you went on to, if you voiced your opinion or had something, you got flamed. You know what I mean? It was, it was not a very inviting and welcoming venue. Um, so Brian intentionally started that for us so that we could discuss comics, talk to each other, you know, and do things like that and invite people in that we can create an environment that wasn't, you know, in a sense hostile, you know? Um, and obviously when the show started, it was just kind of a natural progression to open it up to the listeners. And it just became an entity of its own. I know if you go back through the episodes, I've said it numerous times, but it is the truest for me to, is that you guys deserve as much credit for the longevity of the show and for everything that has transpired. I mean, in, as far as your own podcast, you know, uh, you know, creating, publishing comics, doing whatever you do, you know, it's cool to hear that kind of you know you were part of that, even though we don't feel directly you're part of that. It's it, it's you guys created that forum on your own. You know what I mean? You 
were respectful to each other. You were uh, open to each other, and and that's what created that environment. Without that environment, this wouldn't be here. You guys wouldn't be coming down here, traveling to come to a show, you know, things of that nature. It's 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 an entity of its own. So it's 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 a show of of natural creation, and it's just a natural extension of what we did. We were friends talking about comics, and that's what it still is. Friends talking and making more friends. So, so no, I never expected that. I mean, I never, never even, even when it started getting more popular and started, you know, gen generating the, the recognition, I never still, you know, thought it would be what it ever, you know, came to. Um, so, I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful for you guys, and, and you know, appreciate yourselves as well as, as well as uh, what you do appreciate already. So, so I thank you guys as well. So. I can I can remember like like Brian said we we were happy if there was a hundred people downloading stuff and then it got to episode one hundred and we were going to have something here and we're like well we'd be happy if maybe ten people showed up and. All the all the rest of the people showed up. I mean, it, it's just been incredible the the friendships we've made, the the way it, it did take off, and and the connections we've made all around the world, not just local here or at different conventions, literally all around the world. Well, that still uh, blows my mind. Is that people? You know, I mean, especially in episode one hundred, people flew here yeah. from other countries mm -hmm. to come to our episode one hundred. I mean, I don't care who you are, whether you're in podcasting or not. You don't think something like that's going to happen. You know what I mean? To me, I sit there and look at it, and granted, it blows my mind in, in a positive way, but I sit there and go, like, why, you know, why? You, 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 know, you take your time and your money, and, and that's what you choose, you know. So it's – I don't look at it, and I don't take it for granted, and I don't think anybody else does either. But it still blows my mind that it happens because, you know, why, when I hear that, it's just – I myself, I don't, I, I don't think I do that. You know, I don't know. I mean, I've gone to cons, and, and that's – I guess I can assimilate it to that, but – that still blows my mind, you know, so. That was, uh, you know, we haven't really mentioned him too much yet, but when Jamie passed and all the things were coming in, all the notes and all the emails and the Facebook messages and the Twitter, and I mean, it just came from everywhere. Yeah, it was a flood. That, you know, that I think was the first time it really hit me the scope, which is weird, right? Because, you know, you think about everything you just said, you can go all these places, like I went to, Puerto Rico for a convention and spent a week there by myself and there were people there that had listened to the show and took me around and you know went to uh, some little you know food cart in the middle of San Juan you know it's great you know and even in there even there you could find somebody and you know either whether it's across country like or in London or just there's people everywhere Australia so um, you would think it would have registered because those are the best parts of podcasts. I mean, you kind of get, you kind of, in a sense, almost you're caught in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, we didn't set no intention to become right. celebrities or anything like that. And I'm not saying we are. <laughs> you know, no, we're not more popular than Jesus. Or, you know, <laughs> it, <laughs> it's, it's something that you just, you know, I don't even, you just don't put thought to because we yeah. didn't have the Christians. intention for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when something like that happens, you know, it, 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 it does. It blows your mind. Yeah. You you're know? standing, uh, at a convention going through books and, and talking to somebody and then somebody else says, oh, I, I know your voice. Yeah. Or, or Punkage here, friend from Philly, you know, I'm standing talking to, I think, Charlito on the street and he's walking by because him and his girl are just hanging out at a restaurant and then he comes back and I'm like, 
why is he coming back to me? It's <laughs> like, I know your voice. And sure enough, yeah, yeah, that was weird. So, yeah, you're right. You're in it. It's the best part of podcasting, community, sharing ideas, being positive about things. And then, like I said, when it, when it, when uh, everything went down with Jamie, it was like, that's when it really, I mean, just the real scope of it was uh, so powerful. Like, that really hit me uh, how... Other people were touched and how supportive yeah. they were. And, like, everybody who came out for the race. And um, that was just amazing. That was just, yeah. yeah. The other thing I can't – I think of all the stuff that we've done over 10 years. Each other? Well, <laughs> a lot of hotel room time. Those hotel, yeah, hotel Put your rooms. Hand in the those, those big beds are very accommodating. Um, <clears throat> you know what I'm talking about, Billy. <laughs> Uh, well, not only have we done, you know, 2,000 podcasts, but magazines, run conventions. Pants and Murd and I are about to get on planes in a couple days to go to London to run the largest comic convention in the United Kingdom. Like, that's kind of crazy, right? And all of that stuff spun out of us sitting around and having too much time in cars and hotel rooms for our minds to wander yeah. and go, what if? Oh, Usually it's me having cockamamie ideas and then through sheer force of will making them happen because I don't know how to stop. Like, I'm, my brain is like a shark, right? If it stops, it'll die. Um, and that's just, I, you know, I can't imagine any of that stuff. When we sat down at the mics 10 years ago, we certainly didn't think we'd be running conventions and stuff. Or work in the industry. I never would have imagined that to be able to actually work in the industry, you know, to, you know, to whatever level or whatever, you know, who, again, you sit there and you're doing a podcast. What is that? You know, but it's the connections. It's all yeah. the connections. Yeah. It's like a huge network. It's a huge, small world. Yep. It really is. Yeah. You guys out there, somebody out there want to come up? Yeah. Do it. JP. And then you have to put your hand in pants. <laughs> I'm going to skip that part. Um, no, I'm James or JP or Professor P. I have like multiple names on the forums I used. And, um, the ID, I'm, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky to have been on the podcast a few times and gotten to know a number of you. Um, I he, he's looking at you with a dagger eye right now. Behind <laughs> he's the skunk guy right there. Sorry about that. Um, but, um, he lives in Lancaster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I was listening since 2008. It's funny because I was actually living in New York City um, when I discovered this through another website. And I was like, oh, my God, these people from Golden Eagle area. And I used to go to Golden Eagle, and I saw some of you guys there, I remember. And uh, I remember buying comic books for Jamie. So it's, now I'm back in Lancaster. But uh, congratulations. Thank you so much. Just like the other people, um, I listen to it all the time. And I know you put – to me, now that I have a family of older, time is so important and all the time you put into it is value to us, the listeners, because it helps me get through hard times and struggles. And, you know, if, you know, there's people on this panel that I've reached out to to ask questions and they took their own time to answer them. And I appreciate it a lot. Um, and thank you again for letting me be on the show. It was a pleasure the, the three or four times I've been on. And my question is, um, what were the uh, – not me, but what were your favorite <laughs> guests on the show that you had, if you had to pick one? Um, it could be a person in this audience. It could be a famous creator. Um, and just, you know, kind of go with that. Thank you again. That's uh, Gene Colan. That was, our, I think, my favorite interview. 
I'll say my favorite guest hands down is, is Uncle Sal. <laughs> I, no, I, 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 I love that man. Jack off. <laughs> yeah. I remember before I came on the show, I couldn't wait for the first time I was going to be on an Uncle Sal episode. And we're in Brian's house at that time. His kids are very young. And he says, no, they're asleep. Don't. And I'm cackling like a hound all the time. And Uncle Sal was like, keep it down, keep it down. So we got to the studio, finally, I get to laugh literally on the floor sometimes with Uncle Sal. He's, he's a, a great guest. He's been very generous with his time, with other things with us. He's, he loves talking to people who, just people in general. And when you mention the show, he just brightens up. So he's the guy I just love, Uncle Sal to death. He's just fantastic. Since you mentioned Uncle Sal, I have to say uh, Cousin Buzz. But okay. I'm him <laughs> on, but he, he was good, too. Yeah, those two guys, I think, have less as uh, guests than as, like, family members, you know? Yeah. Um, let's see. If picking a guest, though, like a one-time and off guest, um, Jim Lee. I mean, opinions divided about the quality of his artwork, but uh, uh, he was—he's a very intelligent man, very personable, and uh, he remembered my name. Surprisingly, it's, oh, yeah, at the end. near the end, yeah. he was like Adam. Did, did you want to ask me a question? And that's that—that uh, that meant something to me. So, <laughs> Jim Lee. I I loved and and and. A lot of it was was for Jamie's doing too. I loved when we had Terry Moore on. I loved going through all of Strangers of Paradise. Uh, that was since you mentioned Gene and um, and Sal and Buzz. That that would be my next. Was all that stuff we did with Terry. And from a from a purely historical and like educational purpose for the world of comics, I think the episodes that we did with Dave Sim are important for comics history because I think anybody who reads Cerebus or is in, you know, college learning about comics and wants to know the craft better, they should listen to those three episodes because there is a ton of good creator input and, and, and lessons to be learned from those episodes. I mean, separate the art from the artist and all that. Dave Sim is an incredibly good comic creator and uh, he's got – there's plenty to learn from him. I, th- I think for me this is when I was a listener and not a member of the show, but when you guys interviewed Jerry Conway, which is in the 700s, I think. Um, I just had an interview with him in Alter Ego, the latest issue. Um, he was so generous with his time, and he, he – you guys asked him a lot of great questions about his entire career because he's such an important – especially an important Bronze Age writer. And he got a great comprehensive overview of really his whole career in that interview, and he's – one of the most important comic writers, I think, in the in the from, certainly from the Bronze Age. So that was a great interview, and also I think he did Sal Buscema right after that one. That was also an excellent. Any kind of time you get people who are so important to the medium, maybe they're near the end of their career or they're a lot older, to get them on there while they're while they're still around to give. That's why Gene Colan was so important, for example. That Gene Colan interview was tremendous. I still listen to that once in a while. So the show has done magnificent work in terms of just chronicling the work and the words of various creators. So, I, I have to say, it's a tough decision for me. It's between Gene Colan and Joe Kubert. Um, I think for me, Joe Kubert was somebody that obviously I was aware of, and I knew of the college, and you know I knew of his uh, impact on comics. I never really put a lot of focus on it, though. But after speaking with him, it kind of really, you know, kind of moved me as to the person he was and how forthcoming he was to this. It's just somebody I just never really put a lot of focus into. Um, 
but Gene for me was somebody obviously who I admired, you know, and learned to grow and love as a artist. And and I think the only reason that edges out for me is because of after the interview, how many interactions we and I have had with him of how sweet of a human being he was outside of being an extremely talented artist. And it was a deadly shame to, to lose someone that way and so tragically and such. And But I so I, I have to say he's probably my favorite my favorite guest that I feel. Sorry to bring the show down. Oh, drunk cap. Come on. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a hard question because there's so many ways you can go with it. Like yeah. I love, I love personally uh, anytime Jeff Clock would come on the show just yeah. to watch Brian's expressions. During <laughs> the, just listening to him talk because he was just so, just I interesting voice you know um um i also loved uh, uh other podcasters no, i'm not trying to rub this in ian you know i'm not trying to rub it in but like <laughs> like charlito mr phil and sean whalen jim you know the uncanny x guest guy like just people that would come on the show just to offer their expertise or because then it really became sort of like, you know, we could just shoot the shit with people that sort of understood podcasting and were, you know, just trying to make some interesting points. And um, But I also really like the the people that we just sort of fell upon or, or maybe their work fell in our laps um, and we didn't realize where they were going to go. Uh, you know, like, I remember, well, Mike Norton for one, yeah, because yeah. he reached out to us yeah. Yeah. in an email. <coughs> he actually tweeted a very lovely... Um, tweet to us too, uh, Jamal Igo. But and like Dave Wachter was on the forums. Yeah. But I remember getting an email from Jonathan Hickman, um, who's now writing, you know, the biggest Marvel event right in in, in their history right now. So uh, it was just this random email that he sent to a bunch of people, and it was personal, but it was still, you know, he, you could tell it was something he was sending out. I'm doing this book. It's called Nightly News from Image. You know, here's a free PDF. If you want to read it, and like just read it and was like. Oh my God! This is so good. It's so different. The, you know, it's such an interesting voice. And then, um, or think about like stumbling on Dave Peterson and Malscar, right, and, yeah. you know, and um, and again, not people that listen to the show, but that we just were at a convention and saw, and then all of a sudden they just took off. Uh, that was cool. Or like learning that Tony Moore, he said his first inter- podcast interview was CGS, right? Yep. Post Walking Dead, right? Like, right. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy. Nowadays, you know. Podcasts are they're, they're scrambling to go after every hot person, but I didn't realize that when he said that you know when, when he was here for Super Show that we were the first podcast he was on. That was crazy to think, but those those guests and there's been a bunch of them that I, yeah. I can't remember. Of you know they just reached out and we said yes, let's take a chance, let's interview them, and now they're doing or finding people at conventions. Um, you know that that's been a great thing. That, I, I appreciated that. Next? Somebody want to stick their hand in pants? <laughs> There's some good questions in there. Yeah, go They've been better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, it's Harold. Can it get worse? Hey, guys. It's Harold Jeanette. <laughs> um, I never did that to myself. Um, so before I get the question, I just want to thank you guys because um, if it wasn't for you guys, I, would not, I never would have started drawing again. Um, I was an art major growing up in high school, and uh, I kind of gave up. 
and going on the, it was the interviews. The interviews you guys did at the uh, comic conventions, you would interview indie guys. And it made me realize, I can do this. You don't need to be at Marvel or DC to do your own comic book. Um, and you guys had the super shows, and I got to have it. You were so kind to let me have mm-hmm. a table there. And it, was, it made that happen because of you guys. So I want to thank you for that. Uh, Into the abyss. Into the pocket. I should be one in the lunch. Oh, I got a bunch. <laughs> then uh, pick the person. best one. <laughs> yeah. Now Pete bit at these, so if there's an issue, you can be okay. How many formulas do you think Hershey's went through before they got M and M's to melt in your mouth and not in your hand? <laughs> that was betted. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Sorry, Harold. <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> Give me those pants. Uh, yeah, that's motivation. Actually, I did have a question for all of you, uh, but I'm Chris Calloway from Wilmington, Delaware. Pants, I met you in Baltimore Comic Con. Oh, you look familiar. Yeah. Um, what was the first comic that you read that really left an impression on you? The first one you can remember, because I know the first one that was I read was read to me. I was five. Uh, it was Journey into Mystery. It was actually a reprint book in Marvel Tales where the Thor fights the Hulk, that Jack Kirby Stanley. Mm-hmm. Cool. I've never forgotten that. And uh, my daughter who's here with me, she said, Dad, I want to take a picture of you. I'm in photography school. I want to take your portrait. I said, oh, I'll put a suit on. She goes, no, in your natural environment, reading a comic, drinking a beer. And that was the comic <laughs> I pulled out. I read that one. So... That left a big impression on me. I can remember where I read it, how old I was, mom reading it to me. What was the first book that you read? Do you remember where you were when you read it or being read to you? Uh, I'll start. One of the first ones that I can remember uh, back in the 70s was, I believe it was Flash 275. It was the issue where, you know, Iris Allen, spoilers, um, d- dies. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the, the, oh, my God, you just ruined it for everybody watching the TV show. You realize that. Well, now Murd doesn't have to read that one. <laughs> Come on, it's like, it's like 40, Take that one out of the pile. It's like 40 years old or whatever. There's a whole new audience with Flash. But anyway, I just, <laughs> I just remember that distinctive cover with it, – it's a masquerade party. There's all kinds of superheroes there. Bizarro's on, on the cover. And it just stuck with me. I, I don't remember where I got it. Or where, but I just – one of the first things I can remember reading was, was Flash 275. Okay. Uh, Christmas morning, either 1983 or 1984, I found in my stocking a uh, collected edition of Marvel's Return of the Jedi comics adaptation, all four issues. Uh, This was long before I started reading comics regularly. It it may even have been the first comic I ever owned. I'm really not clear on that point. But I, I very clearly remember the panel where Luke is examining his damaged cyborg hand. And I remember the panel of Leia strangling Jabba the Hutt, his tongue lolling out of his mouth and... That's, you could say that made an impression. Yeah, that's, so it, it would be a long time before comics really permanently took hold on me, but that was, that was when, I guess you could say, the, the, the first infection took place. Uh, um, it's a hard question. Um, I have to probably the, the Judas Contract storyline in New Teen Titans, because I've been reading prior to that, and I still have the first issue all beat up and all that. 
uh, New Teen Titans 28. But that that four issue leading <clears throat> into three issues leading into the annual, that was it, because it was serious and you know there was I think that was the one that kind of really hit home in that terms of of. Oh, it's not just about superhero battles, and it's not just about whatever. It's it's actually affecting their lives, and um, so I think that that one would be for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say probably the first issue I've ever had, uh, Amazing 251, it has a picture of, um, of of Spider-Man's arm or hand coming up out of the the river, and he's holding the Hobgoblin's mask. That was uh, at, at the time you could still get the mail order subscriptions, and my mom got me one to to web and spectacular, amazing. And I think that was the first one that came in. And I remember around that time I couldn't quite read, uh, so it, it kind of got me to have it even today, where I'll page through everything and then I'll go back and read it. Um, so I remember I used to have this kind of ritual where I get it, I'd open it up and page through it, and kind of just like run around it, and then come back and turn the page and run around again. But, and I, I still have that first issue, and it's it's beat to shit. And if I had to get rid of everything, that would be the only issue that I would keep. But that, that kind of just – I was already watching The Amazing uh, – Spider-Man is Amazing Friends, and that was my, my mom's way of getting me to uh, to start to read more. Uh, and uh, th- that did kind of work because then I, I kind of got to understand Spider-Man a little bit more than the next one had this, when they came back from the Secret Wars and, and moved on from there. And I, that kind of just started the run for me. But uh, – that's a amazing two. When I was growing up in uh, the late seventies, early eighties, before I finally could afford plane travel, we'd drive everywhere. So we'd go on trips to Florida and so forth. We'd always stop at rest stops, and my parents would always grab me comic books from when they used to have spinner racks. And they picked me up a copy of Marvel Tales, which reprinted Spider-Man One Twenty Eight, which is a classic Bronze Age story with by Conway and Andrew mm-hmm. featuring the Vulture. And my father. I was five or six. He read the story to me. He did voices for the different characters. And uh, I was comp- – I mean I already knew who Spider-Man was. I watched the old cartoon and reruns and things like that, and I'd had the power records. Uh, but I was totally absorbed by what my father did, and uh, I still have that actual comic. It's dilapidated. But uh, ever since then, I was completely hooked. So. Um, mine, I was about 12, and uh, I was growing up in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. There was a sandwich shop that we would go to every now and then, and across the street I found a comic shop called Turks. And uh, my dad let me in one time while he was picking up the sandwiches, and I was watching G.I. Joe cartoon and getting a lot of the toys, and I mentioned that they had a G.I. Joe comic, and we, we couldn't get it. He's like, no, no, you can't get it now. But then like a week later or two weeks later, whatever it was, uh, he came home from somewhere and plopped this down for me. He went into the store at some point and asked for the latest G.I. Joe comic, which was... G.I. Joe 21, the silent issue. And that was the first one I read. I thought there was something wrong because there was no words. But I was enamored with the sequential art. Not that I knew what that was back then, but it told a great story. And that was where I first... I had other comics before that, but nothing made an impression like like that one, especially with my dad giving it to me the way he did, just on me mentioning, boy, that'd be neat to have. And I know number 20 was the one that was on the stand at that time, but when he went back, 21 was it. So that was that was the first one I remember. I think for a lot of people in our age group, G.I. Joe in general, and that issue in particular, was a gateway for yeah. a lot of comic book readers. Yep. And, that was, and, and I knew that they were out there because the, the cartoons had commercials for the comics on them as well, which I didn't really ever see before or since. I guess for me it would have to be the Death of Gwen Stacy story 
Um, up to that point, obviously, you know, I, uh, Spider-Man was always my hero growing up. My brother was a big DC fan, so he always had Batman, Justice League. So I got exposed to that. Occasionally, he'd have a Captain America or something like that. So that's the stuff I used to look at, you know, and then I started getting into, occasionally, he'd have a Spider-Man, a Marvel tale, something like that. Um, the Marvel team-up is where I got started to get hooked on Gil Kane's artwork with, you know, with uh, and also Ross Andrew. And uh, then I got into Amazing. And I used to... I used to look at comics before I would read them. I mean, for even for years, just getting comics and looking at the artwork. That's what really attracted me to comics. It was when I started to read them, and that was right around the time when I got the death of Gwen Stacy. And it was just, it totally blew me away because I just didn't expect that from a comic book. And it was something that was so profound, and uh, it just was so unexpected. And, And how the story was told, and even this the preceding story afterwards, you know, him going after Norman Osborn and having the flu, like having the worst flu of his life. You know what I mean? It's like things that you put into, because I think to myself, when I, when I have the flu, I'm thinking like, imagine having to go after your worst enemy right now. You know what I mean? It's like you can't even get out of bed yet alone, you know? So it, it's such a, a reality, you know, thing that really kind of grounded it for me that this stuff happens and this stuff happens in real life. So why not have it happen in books, you know? So for me, I think that's what really kind of, Shook my world that way. I didn't go. I, I thought we were going to like go out of order, and then all of a sudden it went in order <laughs> after me. My uh, in grade school, one of my best friends' parents owned a Seven Eleven, and uh, <clears throat> so he had tons of comics at his house because they were always there. And so uh, he had Gru laying around. Mm-hmm. I think it was Gru number four, and that was the first comic I really re- remember reading and loving it. And then I would always go back to his house to read more Grus, and then I got. Uh, a subscription through the mail because my parents didn't at the time they didn't think that comics were good so I wasn't I couldn't get to the store regularly to get any issues sequentially so then when I saved up enough money I mail ordered my own thing and and got grew reliably then for like several years that's how I got grew until uh, I was able to get to Golden Eagle on a regular basis Somebody else? No. no. I know the brown paper wrapper. Yeah. They do, don't they? There is a subscription. Yeah. Something. I mean, just there, yeah, DCB because yeah, because just a couple of years ago, I got the girls' uh, super or Superman Family Adventures in the mail from DC directly. Huh. Yeah. Good. Same brown paper wrapper. I think it was in a plastic bag. Yeah. Upgraded. Hi guys, my name is uh, Brandon Christopher. Oh, Brandon. A <laughs> uh, little bit of testimony before I ask my question also, too. Uh, I just want to say reciprocation is what you guys have given to us, uh, either through passion uh, for having a love of comics or just inspiring us to go out and try new things. Uh, I know for a fact you, Mr. Rios, uh, kind of inspired my love for Legion. Uh, was at Wizard World Philadelphia. Uh, had to be like 06 or 07. And I was so excited because I got a long, a short box of nothing but Legion books. It was like $15. And you, were, you said, you went through the box and you said, this stuff right here, it's a good read. And I said, thank you guys. You know, you guys have inspired me to not only read comics, but, you know, 
I'll try to write that comic sometimes also too. Uh, you guys have inspired a lot of creativity. And I'm sure not just for me, but other people in the listening community. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, he's going in the <laughs> <laughs> there are good questions in there. <laughs> we'll be the judge of that. Oh, all right. I got one. So it's good. Tell him what you got, though. He got an audible. So Matt has. So Matt will fill in. An audible. All right. All right. Uh, so complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any plan. Just what, per, what perception about the comic book industry has changed, that you feel has changed within the last 10 years? So 10 years ago, you thought the industry was kind of this, that you might have only just been reading DC or Marvel, and now 10 years later, you're kind of more exposed and you're um, venturing more into independence or whatnot. What? I think now the way we tell comics, the way we tell stories in comics has changed markedly uh, through... I mean, God, 10 years ago, independence was almost kind of like a dirty word. Uh, now, most of the major publishers now are third-party publishers. Uh, Image or IDW or Dark Horse now, and they're telling, I think, better stories. So I think the way we tell stories, it's changed in the last 10 years. You guys? Yeah, actually, I, I, for myself, I... Remember when we first started the show? I think at the time I was just I was strictly DC because I, I I think some of the earlier episodes I heard I would rail on Marvel for not really um, having any continuity. So something that was happening in Thor where uh, New York would be burning down, it wouldn't be in any other uh, issue, and I thought that was kind of stupid. Whereas in DC, it seemed to be all connected. Um, but but now actually the, the stuff I'm reading is basically uh, independent stuff. It's actually pulp characters, so uh, it's something that because of the show I, I was kind of I branched out and and. Um, found characters that are, you know, Batman's one of my favorite characters, so to see kind of other characters that inspired that character <coughs> became more interesting to me. So, uh, was that because of the show? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just just because I, I felt we already had two Batman guys, so I was like, now I gotta branch off to something else. So, uh, <laughs> no, but I think I remember the one of the rookie mistakes I made of the first con I really went to was Baltimore, and I loaded up and I spent so much money buying all these back issues. And uh, basically just Batman stuff, and I just kind of Batmaned out. And uh, I went to, to look another avenue and uh, just sum upon the shadow, and that kind of led the door to, to other pulp characters. But, but, and like I said, so now I'm, I'm basically reading more independent stuff than I would have been 10 years ago. So Matt found pulp heroes. He got married, had a kid. Pants got short socks. Not in 10 years. <laughs> Which is a huge Same. improvement. Yeah. It's not to be overlooked. <clears throat> Thanks, I guess. <laughs> what was the question? You want it? No, I don't want it. <laughs> Somebody else? Yeah. Don't be a dick. It. Too late. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought this was the Taylor Swift coming home mall tour. What's <laughs> 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 up, so, guys? This is Pungus from Philly. First of all, congratulations on 10 years. It's a great achievement. And I just want to echo what Ian said. There's one word to describe you guys. It's the community. You know, it's the camaraderie. For the last ten That's years... That's two words. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. He's picky. There's no... <laughs> two words. Yes. Yeah, there's no, Back no, into no, a corner, you can, you I know, can right? catch him if you want. We're thinking of a third word right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, no, there's no BS with you guys. You know, what you see is what you get. You know, you guys are friends talking about what you love. 
and it's percolated through all of us, everyone you see here and around the world. I mean, you guys are going to England to set up a con next week, and it's just a testament to, you know, who you guys are. You know, you're grounded in your emotions, in your relationships with one another, and that's just falling through through us, and I want to thank you for that. And, you know, my question is, sorry, I'm not going to go through your pants, uh, <laughs> Matt, but, uh, you know, you guys are like Liam Neeson. You have a particular skill set, each of you, that you bring to the table, you know? So my question is, in the last 10 years, what have you guys learned from each other? You know, doing this podcast for that amount of time and being in each other's company for that long. What have you guys learned from each other in the last 10 years? So, that's my question. I'll throw. Um, actually, I learned something from, from, from Pete, uh, just seeing his interactions on the forums. Uh, well, it kind of, some of the stuff. Matt, don't. Um, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, so, so, early on, I'd be one of those those young rookies that were just like, oh, you don't like what I like? Well, you're stupid. And uh, I just kind of, through the interactions, uh, learned that, you know, just because I like something or you like something that I think is ridiculous or vice versa doesn't mean that I have to attack you. And, and in fact, I, I think when you're attacking somebody personally, it completely means you're out of anything, any way to support your opinion. So on other forums that I'm a member of, when I see people making stupid uh, comments just kind of tearing something down, but at the same time, like for instance, a Marvel DC type of thing, they'll, they'll shred Marvel and then completely overlook the same stuff that DC does. And when you bring that to their attention, they're like, "Well, that doesn't count." So, so from from Pete, I've and I've actually been commented or complimented on those forums of of how I don't argue with people, but I'll have discussions, and that's, that's something I've learned from Pete is it's better. I'd rather have a discussion with somebody than just go on flame wars back and forth because you're really getting nowhere. And you're just taking up space. So that's something I got from Pete. Hmm. Um, I've learned to trust these guys more. There's not a one of them that I wouldn't trust with almost anything in my life. Um, it goes from opinions to friendships. If something goes wrong, I can call any of them and say, hey, I need help. All right, I'll, I'll go. I've just learned so much. You, you kid about the socks, but, I mean, I clearly have... <laughs> I clearly have limited social skills and, you know, uh, fashion sense. So they've sometimes nice, sometimes not so nice, pointed me in the right direction of things. So I appreciate that. One of the things I, I love is I not, when I travel, I travel like Brian, just as minimal as possible. Hop on a plane, hop off, no checking. We're going to lunch, I'm taking like a very small bag of things. I learned little things like that. I Otherwise, I would never. I don't go out that much anymore. But when I did, it was like these guys would just show me, "Hey, you know, don't be such a wuss, and you know, go out and talk to people." So just they opened me up my eyes a lot to a lot of things. It's just so thanks, I guess. <laughs> thanks, I guess. I had a good time. Some ring affirmation. Thanks, I guess. Yeah, that's well. Anyway, I don't. I don't wear tube socks anymore. <laughs> I eat some green things. I think yeah. I've come to appreciate. Uh, the golden age more through especially through adam and um pants because i always had a general good general knowledge of the golden age but through talking to them over the years and doing different episodes or listening to different uh like you did the history of dc comics several years ago um it just opened my eyes to even more of of comic history that i wasn't as well uh versed in as i was should have been so that's that's from a comic perspective. That's been one of the wonderful things from both as a listener as being part of the show is learning more about that area of comics and what Merch is doing now with the Captain Marvel spotlights, which are amazing. Um, just even more knowledge to, to soak up. So that's a lot of fun. The, you're right. I think it was 
I forget who said that we all had sort of like our specialty things uh, and we were known for certain things on the show, like either a character or a company or whatever. But as much grief that we give Pants, I loved uh, the new areas that he brought to the show at that time, which was probably well needed at that time too, like the original art stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, just to, just um, uh, the way – what's that? A niche. A niche, know. yeah. But, I mean, it also – it dug us a little deeper in the world of comics too, because of of the creation of the art and and the the uh, a whole new scope of um, collectability, right? Because that's a whole other thing. And then you start realizing, oh, what that what's that about? And just pants his knowledge. And it was interesting to see, as much as we goofed on him, how much he actually knew yeah. about comics, DC in the fifties and sixties, and all that, yeah. and just comics in general. And like, um, you know, so it was great getting to know you through the show because of that, you know, even though we would bust your butt. So yeah. I think that also resonates with your love of Marvel now, too. Because yeah. that was something yeah. that was almost taboo to you it back was. when we started. I yeah. wouldn't come on episodes because of Marvel. Yeah. Like, oops, no, I'll be off. Civil War? No, I'm not interested in yep. that. You know? yeah, I was actually thinking, I would say you probably evolved the most, collecting habit-wise, mm. since you've come on, being oh, yeah. stri- strictly DC to... My whole world's topsy-turvy right now. <laughs> yeah. To, to where you are now is probably had the most evolution. Yeah. I, I learned in probably way more than I ever wanted to know about Peter's gastrointestinal system. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned that Peter knows more about his own gastrointestinal system than any other person on earth. He's more closely connected with that than, than anyone. Yes. Yeah. That's very true. And, and grooming habits. Jesus. <laughs> You, you do learn an awful lot about when you're, when you're sharing a tiny New York hotel room with about six people and, like, how their bathroom habits work and how they shower and how they sleep and who snores and who doesn't and who you can safely share a bed with, who you do not want to share a bed with, <laughs> when you would rather sleep on the floor or on the chair or who's coming and going at what hours of the day and night. And, you know, it, it's... It's pretty interesting. Actually, I think the best person to share a bed with would be Pete, because usually when you're getting up, he's just getting in. So you basically <laughs> That's right. You have the bed to yourself <laughs> half the night. Yeah. I, I want to say some, some favorite moments that I had of, of just things we did on the show. Um, most of mine that I can think of uh, revolve around Jamie arguing with either Peter or Brian. <laughs> you know... Jamie always said he had a very love-hate relationship with Peter, and and boy, did they have a grand old time battling it out. DMZ, anybody? (laughs) That was Brian. That was Brian. That was Brian. I apologize. Which even made me laugh harder because Brian and Jamie were so close as friends, but boy, when they butt heads, look out. Wasn't there one where somebody threw it to you, Pete, and you're like, no, 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 this is between you That was that one. That was that one. I love that clip where they're... Brian's like, what? Well, no, 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 argue, 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 argue. He's like, right, Peter. I'm like, no, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You know when to step away when that's happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't poke that bear. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. It didn't happen often, but it happened. No, but when it, it happened, happened. It and it cool. happened with a lot of us too. Like we would go round and round. A lot of it too is just because you, you sort of get frustrated. You're like. You don't understand. You're not seeing my point, like you know. And then just, and some of it too is buttheadedness, you know. I'm sure. I'm sure we would say that about Jamie too. You know, he's just he well, was that, in his way. That you know? that DMZ argument in particular, 
because he was arguing based on like his gut feeling, and I'm trying to argue on geo like known and established <laughs> geopolitical things that are real and. Yep. And it was like, okay, I'm happy to have an argument with you, like, but you're not arguing any points. You're just saying, no, that's stupid, or that. <laughs> like, no, I don't, no, I can't do this. Plus, we all know what it's buttons not to push. We, we all have uh, buttons to push with oh, each yeah. other too, right? <laughs> so you just, you just, you dig at them, and you dig at them, and you're like, yeah, those, those make for great moments. <laughs> Even Adam has, you know, dropped an F-bomb every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> and th- Once and or twice or away. 16 times, yeah. All I got to do is mention Lucky Charms. Yeah. Ferris Bueller or Ferris Bueller. Of, I'm afraid that ones? one's worn smooth, my friend. I'm over my shell shock from the mustache. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least one you, of us you is. You guys have inspired a lot of people to... You know, listen to podcasts to to branch out in your comic. I mean, I, I watched you guys br- branch out in your comic book reading. In your, in your early days, you were pretty much main, you know, main publishers and all, and you've really gone, you know, branched out a lot. Um, but I'm curious. Uh, uh, several of you have children now, and I mean, from big to little. I'm curious. Uh, how is that working for you know, as as far as inspiring your kids? I mean, I know I have one son that likes to read comics, but of the three, you know. Uh, and as far as podcasting, I don't think my kids have ever listened to any of my podcasts, which I don't blame anybody, but, you know. Um, but, you know, is this a natural thing, you know, for your kids? I mean, do they, do they think they're going to grow up to do podcasts or is it, you know, I'm just curious how, how that works for you guys. Ben, come here. Uh-huh. <laughs> come here. Hey, who invited you? <laughs> <laughs> I did. No, I, I have a question. Well, now we... <laughs> so... Do you read comics that I read? Yeah. Or do you, you also read stuff you read? What do you like to read? Flash. Um, Flash, Scribblenauts, definitely. I love that. Nova? Nova. Guardians? Guardians, yeah. Phone. Rocket Bone, Rocket Raccoon, and Groot. Um, <coughs> I think. So in other words, the TV and the movies are working. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and it's... And it's I mean, I am still more of a DC guy, and I am a Batman fan and a Justice League fan. And while he might like those and cartoons and stuff with Batman, he'd rather read Marvel stuff. And the movies are totally working on him. Now, he has an easier gateway with me because I order comics regularly. So he's like, hey, is there anything of the new Flash or the new Guardians or the new Nova? or what's That might make it easier for him, but it's still piquing an interest in him that I didn't ingest... Uh, in, ingest in, infested or put in his place yeah i have comics but he's the one that's asking the questions of what to read i think one of the only ones i did was was bone and and he took off and read that whole thing at one shot uh, a few years ago and, and from there it just keeps branching out more and more <laughs> you were dismissed. piss off i didn't say piss off <laughs> that's at home well it's interesting for me because when clara was about seven I got her a couple essentials and a couple showcases because they were like three or four or five bucks at a convention or something. And I had some sitting on my shelf, so I just let her read them. And those 50s DC comics are way more interesting to a seven-year-old than 60s Marvel books. And so now she's pouring through all of this silver age dc stuff because in her like that just makes more sense for a kid 
And it, it's like every time, like, I'm happy to buy her more, but it's also like, well, why aren't you reading the Marvel ones? You know? <laughs> but, you know, what she spent her Christmas money on was volume five uh, um, of uh, Legion Showcase, volume five, because it came out, like, December 31st, first, and she was so happy to spend her Christmas money on that. Like, she couldn't wait. Who knew? <laughs> uh, Fee hasn't gotten that far. She'll be two next month. But uh, I'm still trying to get her past the Wiggles phase. But I, I, I can say for, for, for my wife, uh, she, she's not reading. But uh, like, for instance, Guardians of the Galaxy, I didn't really have an interest to see the, that in the theater. But as soon as she saw Marvel Studios, she said, we're going. And so she's kind of at the point now where those are movies she trusts. She, as soon as she sees that, that name, Marvel Studios, at this point, no matter what it is, she wants to go to see it. So to some extent, it, that's rubbed off. Uh, and early on, she was reading some Ultimate Spider-Man, so she already had some type of a taste of how Marvel is. Uh, my sons, well, they're my stepsons. So when I met them, they were three and six, and of course, I introduced them to comics immediately. And because I have had a business for 16 years, a comic shop, they're surrounded by comics every day. Uh, I'm always bringing stuff home, and as a teacher, also, I'm just so relieved my kids actually like to read. And uh, they're always asking, you know, what books do you have this week? Uh, they're starting to develop their own tastes. Uh, they do listen to the podcast when we're driving. Sometimes they want to, sometimes they don't, but they're on, so they have to listen to them. Um, but they, they come to the store with me on a regular basis, and, you know, I hope as they get older they'll help me out even more in the shop. And, and they, they, both, they both clearly love the media and they love the characters. They love going to the movies. And I'm – whether they wanted to or not, they've just been in it because it's all around our house. It's everywhere. So – I'm just glad that they, they really enjoy reading them. And, and like when I was a kid, comics was one of the gateways to becoming someone who loved reading. And I can tell you as a teacher that most young people don't really read, hence the way they speak the English language. So I'm just relieved that my sons, through comics, and I think a lot of people could say the same thing, are, really enjoy reading. And I think that's one of the most important things comics still do, whether it's digital or print, when, when kids are given that opportunity. So. Which I think... At lunch, when we were in high school, I think we each had a comic that we were reading, and one of the teachers came around and told us to put that away, that it wasn't appropriate. Uh, I can remember one time reading Gerard Jones and Brett Blivens' The Trouble with Girls, and uh, the school librarian came by, and uh, we were reading a scene where the main character, uh, Lester Girls, was uh, entering the back door of uh, one, of the, <laughs> one of the female characters of the book. and uh, nice. That's the quote of the episode, ladies and gentlemen, right there. I was told we to have put our that title. one away. That's, <laughs> That's the only time I can remember that happening. And Mr. Benz did have good reason, I think, for doing that, in hindsight. Hindsight. I mean, my daughter doesn't read comics. Um, Obviously, she had no choice but to be stuck in a comic store for many countless hours that I'm sure these guys can attest to. Um, I did support her to read as much as possible. Uh, I told her I would only buy her things if she promised that she would read it. You know, I, I and um, but I, I also got because of the art thing that if she was just something visually attracted to, I wasn't opposed to doing so. But I wanted to instill in her that, you know, it's not just something to have. It, you know, there's something there that I wanted to, for her sake, in some way, shape, or form, get her interested in reading. Um, so occasionally I would buy comics and such, and there were certain things that, you know, she was interested in Scooby Doo and. Uh, at the time, like Xena comics and stuff were out, you know. So those are the things as a girl she was interested in. Um, it wasn't until novels came around that, you know, even in her teens that she really hadn't 
acquired a taste for reading to enjoy reading. Up until that point, it was still like, oh, I have to read this book for school. You know, I have to do this. You know, to me, it was more of a chore thing that I comprehended from her, which I, I, I get it. Um, so really, novel. I, I think that instilled to her that she did read some of those books, and it did give her some sort of uh, enjoyment and some fantasy. Um, and 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 I and I also think, obviously, even though there's visual there, it it festers the imagination. Um, but for me, it was I think coming to these episode 100, 200, 300, the super shows, things of that nature. When a, when a father has a child who's, you know, in their preteens, things of that nature, I, you know, she had to come to the store with me when I went to the store. She had no alternative. Um, but to see her, because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to, if she would still be, you know, is this is corny, you know what I mean? This is, you know. So if you look back through the pictures and such, she came to every one of those voluntarily, not because I made her come. So for me, that is a testament, you know, and that makes that gives me something out of this that that I can enjoy to a whole different level, um, because that's something she willfully chooses, and she still goes to the movies with me. You know, she sees all the. I mean, right now her favorite movie ever is Guardians of the Galaxy. She loves that movie. Um, you know, so those things, and we sit and talk about them. You know, we'll go to watch the movies, and we'll sit and talk over it afterwards. You know, she'll like what she likes, and I'll, I'll, she'll ask me what I like, you know. So we can have those conversations and, and kind of get a gist of, you know, what we still enjoy with your own your own opinion. So to me, that's a fulfillment to a level that, you know, I don't think anything will ever replace for me. So I don't have a kid, but my girlfriend's 11 years younger, so it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But she does watch Flash and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and Gotham and, and the movies. In fact, I, I said at the studio, I didn't get to see Guardians in the, in the movie theater, unfortunately, just too busy or whatever. And I was upset about it. And, and every time it would be brought up, what, what movies do we have to watch? We have to watch – I would keep saying, we have to watch Guardians. It was post-Christmas. We have to watch Guardians in the Galaxy. She's like, and, okay, okay. So it got to the point where somebody said it one more time. We have to watch Guardians again. Ga- of the galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy in January, and I said, "Why well, have a confession? I did actually watch it when I was home here in Reading in Christmas by myself at my sister's house." And she said, "That's all right. I saw it too up in my dad's <laughs> house, so that was good." I was like, "All right, good." And she was at a point where she'll sit down and watch the movies herself, you know. So I thought that was funny. we're cheating on each other. With <laughs> <laughs> I have neither children nor a girlfriend, uh, but my cat is. Uh... <laughs> Perfectly happy to curl up in my lap while I read comics or watch geeky things on TV and never once judges me any more than she does for simply being human. <laughs> and she is, uh, she's put in guest appearances on the Time Bubble podcast, too. So. Never fails. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah Garbera, and um, I'm a teacher. And a few months ago... One of my coworkers, who is also a teacher, told me that she went into a, a bookstore to purchase, I think it was a graphic novel um, for, or trade for, um, her one class. And at that store, they give discounts to teachers. And so she went up to purchase it and asked 
to have the discount, and the person at the register said that um, comic books were not educational. Oh. So she couldn't have the discount. What store was this? Um, <laughs> she didn't specify what okay. store. Um, Probably Barnes & Noble. But, um, <laughs> so I was... <laughs> I actually I think it might have been. Yeah, because um, they give a discount to teachers. Yeah. yeah. So I was wondering your thoughts. If someone said to you that comic books are not educational reading material, what would you say? Bullshit. I would say... <laughs> I would point them to the countless interviews that we've done with how many creators, especially the international ones, that learn to read English and learn to speak English by reading American comics. I would point them to my eight-year-old who reads 300-page books in one night because when she was six, she was burning through comics in Essentials and Showcase editions, right? Like, they, they totally are. And my vocabulary, my father, who has a master's degree in English, when I was growing up, didn't think I should read comics. He thought it was a waste of time and money or whatever. And then at some point, he realized that my vocabulary, there were words that I knew that he didn't know. And where did I get them? By reading comics, specifically a bunch of words in Gru, which tends to throw around some, you know, 10-cent words here and there, right? And uh, so it's absolute, I mean, it's complete and total falsehood that comics are not educational. Reading is reading. You you get better at everything when you when you read. And more there's stuff. different facets of it as well, too. I mean, you know, reading obviously reading a novel without pictures. I mean, it for me, it's like you sit there and you picture it. So you're festering your imagination, your creativity. Obviously, you know, with writing, um, you know, reading poetry, things of that nature. You know, you see a lot of people that have uh, joined from that. And and again, you know, just from the thing that. Stanley always said, I never wrote down to my audience, you know, and, and I did. I learned vocabulary through comics, you know. If there was a word in there that I read and that I didn't know what it was, I looked it up, you know what I mean? It was, so I mean, you know, in some way, shape, or form, there's, it's a benefit. It's, you know, and it doesn't have to always be like a, a uh, like an English thing, you know, that you learn from it. But there's so many things that I think it does generate in one shape or form that it's always a benefit in some way. Hmm. Plus, when you think about a lot of what's considered literature today, I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey is not literature. It's dreck, okay? <laughs> it's not well-written. And when you think about some of the stuff like Sandman, Strangers in Paradise, Two Off the Top of Man, that's literature. I don't care if there are pictures of there or not. That's as good as any novel you're ever going to read, period, especially most of the junk you're going to buy in a bookstore today. So the person said that, A, is a moron, <laughs> all right? And, and B, again, as, as, as a teacher, anything that gets kids reading, I see to my own kids, we mentioned other people mentioned their kids here, uh, comics are a wonderful vehicle for that, and the, and the most you know mature books. You're talking about Vertigo, for example, what have you. That's some of that stuff is as high art as anything you're ever going to experience in your life. And whether it's the comic book medium or not, it should be celebrated uh, for that reason. I, I think it's a terribly ignorant, idiotic statement to make, and it's just my first reaction to him would be yeah. like, "What do you consider, you know, to be?" Yeah, it, it's you know what I mean. Right. I'm not going to go out and start soapboxing, but uh, people like that. Well, I just, I mean, I know, I know Adam. I mean, he wrote a freaking masters about yeah. comics, you know, or more or less, you know. So, but um, I have one silly story and one real story. Like my silly story about that whole education thing is when I was in grade school. Um, this this could actually be an argument for that person's comment, but they were talking about something, and somebody put a symbol up, the Nazi 
swastika symbol up and asked if we knew what that was. And I did because it was just in a Supergirl comic featuring this character called Black Star because her, she was part right. of like uh, – Like you her know, parents were Holocaust survivors. Right, exactly. So, I mean, you know, so crazy. But I knew it. I knew what it was. But the other thing, too, is the um, just in the most recent previews, I mean, I'm being educated today. There's a book coming out called um, – uh, Ghetto Brother, and it's about uh, a Hispanic character in the Bronx who was, uh, um, I, I can't remember his name, sorry, I apologize. I just discovered it not too long ago. And he was part of a, a gang, but then he became sort of like an intermediary between a bunch of gangs in the Bronx and eventually would like create this working studio where it's, at least in the description, it's saying where hip hop first had some of its earliest origins. And, I, and it's all based around this Hispanic character. And I'm sort of in this, like, comics, uh, Latino and comics phase. And uh, I was like, well, that's great. So I ordered it, and I can't wait to read it. So comics, that, there you go, comics as education, right there. Well, you mentioned the vocabulary. Like Kevin mentioned Stan Lee. I mean, I, I remember growing up, you know, Stan Lee would use words like Inglenook. <laughs> and, you know, I would, you know, much to the chagrin of my friends, I would incorporate words of my vocabulary ever since. <laughs> And you look, read a lot of those old Silver Age books, and you're right. When, when he was, and other writers were writing at that time, they were not writing down to the audience because they wanted to sell more comics and reach, expand the demographic. And I benefited from that. I mean, there's so many great vocabulary words that I absorbed through, I'm obviously reading in general, but, but yeah, growing up with comics. Well, Chris, I think you've already expressed my indignation as well and as concisely as I could have. But, yeah, it's... <laughs> Just a blanket dismissal of comics as a whole as mm-hmm. not uneducational is – you might just as well make a statement such as uh, you know, Harlequin romances are trash and uneducational. Therefore, all books are uneducational, you know, just to condemn an entire artistic medium based on a, a visible minority is just it's, it's utterly absurd. I was, was going to say one time I tried um, – someone bought some, some comics from me through, through eBay, and when I went to sell it medium mail – and I said they were comic books inside. The post, postal clerk said, well, those aren't media cons- considered for media mail. And I said, well, ask why. And she said, because uh, they have ads in them. Mm-hmm. And I just said, well, if, if I buy a book by a novel, doesn't the author – doesn't the book also reference other books that, hey, if you like this, here's another one in this series? And when she said, yeah, I said, well, what's the difference? And so she said, I'll allow it this time. So then after <laughs> that, I just said they were, they were trade paperbacks and um, – we, we were good, but I was just kind of surprised that she didn't consider comic books as for, for media mail. I've sent comics via media mail countless times. Yeah. She's a moron, too. Yeah. <laughs> She's on the list. It's, it's, it's media mail. So, yes. Sarah, I'm very sorry. You should be grateful the post office coworker had that experience. On top of that. Can we all descend as a group with every teacher we know on the same bookstore and all be like, "We're buying comics for our class." Let's get Adam Umack, right? And he's a, he's yeah. been a listener for a long time, and uh, he he's a big advocate of comics in the classroom, and, and he took a lot of flack in the early part of his career for for doing it, and he change people's minds. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. Charlito trying that, to do... I was just going to say, yeah. You know, raising... The whole purpose of the Denver Comic Con was to raise money for comics in the classroom. You know? And think about how both school libraries and public libraries, you see a lot of them now have extensive graphic novel selections where yeah. 15, 20 years ago, n- nobody did. No. So that, that's a, a, a positive step as well. That's I've got a, a question. question. Oh, I'm sorry. Good question. Yes. Good uh, I've got a question from one of our members in the audience. Brian Nixon, you come up to the mic for a minute, please, Mr. S- Mr. Nixon? Brian's been a long-time listener of the show, been on the forums, Fig Painter. 
Uh, Brian, Peter, and I met him, I guess, was it four years ago, you said? Four out years the, ago. Uh, yes. The um, Emerald City Comic Con. And you've been talking to Shane for, for years back and forth. Yeah. and have, I mean, Shane would tell me he'd be in the parking lot at lunch to call up, talking to Brian Nixon forever and ever. They never met until this week. Correct. Oh, so, correct. how was that? Um, I, I was actually Disappointing. debating oh, whether he, I yeah, should yeah, come up. <laughs> and by the way, you're He's too tall, so the mic too up tall? There. there you go. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> um, I was actually debating whether to, to, to stand up and say this. Because it's been said before, but if you guys have a legacy, it's this. Because last night, I met people for the first time that I've never met before other than on a forum or on Facebook or on things like that. And there was never a moment where you sat there and go, I, I don't feel a part of this. I greeted people with hugs that were strangers physically that you guys are responsible for for making friends. And with, with Shane, and I'll try to do this without... Uh, and see, I've already failed. Getting emotional <laughs> is because, like, it started with a simple, hey, I'm looking for this certain action figure. I travel all over the place. I, I was trying to count. I think I've listened to you guys in 17 different states. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, and it started like, so I would get and into a lot more stores. I could search a lot more places. So I would... Send back on the forums, hey, I, I, I found this. Do you want it? Yes or no? And then it became texting. And then it became phone calls. And then it became phone calls, how's your family? And it became things, you know, Skyping and talking just about things in general. And, and we had never met. And I considered consider him one of my uh, a brother. And uh, so... When this I, I, when this opportunity came, it was it was really special for me. And I went to my boss, and I actually had to reschedule a, a sales route so that I could come here, um, fly in from Utah, and and uh, and meet my my brother for the first time. And. And I owe that to you guys. You know, you made that possible, not just that, but, but friends, I look back here. That, like I said, growing up, I didn't have friends that read comics. There was no internet. So if you didn't know anybody, you didn't talk to anybody. And you read them alone. And you were the person. I would walk down to make photocopies at my grandma's so I could color them. And I would put them in a binder so no one could see that I was walking with comic books. And now we have people flying from all over the nation, all over the world, to celebrate comics in a small little store in, in Reading, Pennsylvania. So I applaud you guys for staying with it for 10 years. Here's to 10 more. Here's to absent friends. Here, here. And someday, Brian, I'll make it out to Utah, I'm sure we'll make it. You keep, you keep, oh, come to the Utah Comic Con. They're doing this in Salt Lake. Okay. Is your house still open or your, your grandparents' still house, still, house still open? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I need a new place to stay. I'm not <laughs> fully stocked with the Stalker Patty, anyone? <laughs> he offered. He offered. I, I did offer. 
Wow. Change the address. And I told him if he came, that way I wouldn't have to worry about, because I've heard... About the leering at the beds, the kicking the beds. <laughs> I think if I stick him in a completely other house. Smart. See? That's the Smart. best plan ever. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Smooth move. Ben, we'll all say we're going to go to that con, and then you just show up all by yourself. <laughs> you, sir. Do you have a question, Ben? Go ahead. Yes, go. You can turn it down. Okay. So Don't embarrass me. <laughs> so I remember an episode where, well, it started out when I was eight, nine, when we had this thing called a dime, and and oh, and it's where it, oh. you swore you got a dime, and I have a question: What was your favorite events with everybody here? But my favorite event was an episode where I got $20 from Peter. <laughs> because How much do I owe you this episode? <laughs> Not as much as that time. In exchange for what? That was episode 1,000. If, if I said yeah. a bad word. Or so, so we had it. If, if I said a curse word, we'd pay the kids a dime. So... Ben and Matt and Carleen came to episode 1000, and Ben's sitting behind us, and I guess Peter saw or didn't really notice, and starts letting things fly, and they kept going, dime, dime, dime. And Peter's like, what's that mean? And I explained it, and he just whips out a 20 and goes, here, I'm not holding back. <laughs> nice. Wait, so what was the other part of it? What was, was the other favorite part? Event? Favorite events. Uh, um, may not be my favorite, but it's one I always remember too. When Pants and I drove to Toronto Comic Con, and, and that lady almost rear uh, front ended you right, right at the uh, right uh, at the uh, border, border, like we almost caused an international incident because she came. Out <laughs> and it's recorded; it's on yes, there. It it's is. great. That was that was a fun trip up. That was that was really funny. I like that. I, I loved, uh, sorry, Matt, I loved, uh, Peter, uh, that other trip we took when we were in Chicago between cons, between going to C2E2 and Planet Comic Con in Kansas City, and we stayed in Chicago on a Wednesday. We did a, a comic book crawl. We went to about seven, eight different comic book stores and recorded there, and that was a hell of a lot of fun. I wasn't necessarily always the best companion on the, on the trip there, but I, I had a blast with that, looking back at that now. That I, I really enjoyed the, the episode we did to after the series finale of Lost, just because how, heated, <laughs> how pissed off Brian was because nobody else thought it, it stank. But but the only one that I'd say atop that is the very first con that we all went to, the Baltimore con, because I just felt like yeah. we, we oh, were yeah. so in... We were all there, and it was kind of uh, really trying to promote the show, and it just seems like we were we were spread out all over the place trying to get whoever we could. Yeah, that was good. I think that first uh, Pittsburgh con, too, where Pants and I had planned to go out just on our own to the con... And then a bunch of the rest of the guys came out, and we ended up having a booth, setting up, hanging out. We met the Wild Pig crew there. Um, that was a lot of fun. That, that's one of the best cons I was ever at. To piggyback on that, uh, I, I have two favorite ones that are kind of connected. One was that same event because I have a very robust laugh. <laughs> and uh, you would... <laughs> And 
you had never been around that before, all of you no. guys. And I was like twitching on the floor and doing whatever I would normally do, and I don't even drink. And uh, the look of sheer awe on your face was so priceless, I cherish it to this day. And the other memories, of course, all the various parties we've had that usually involve some kind of playful humiliation or what have you, and those are all cherished. So it's the comradeship. Fellowship. Indeed, fellowship, yes. Lem. Lem said that. Lem said that right here, episode 100. Yeah. uh, Friends, family, fellowship. I think it was something like that. Friends, food, fellowship, or whatever. You know, one thing I just wanted, you brought that up. I only met Lem a few times, but we have that painting they did of him. The artist did of him with the superheroes around it. Mm-hmm. I have that Steve hanging Bryan in my shop right. because there was three different ones the original, yeah, the original okay. is up front, yeah, yeah. And the few times I met, I talked to him at some length. He was the type of comic book retailer that was such a breath of fresh air to me because most of them are slime, <laughs> and you, 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 you wouldn't want to introduce them to your daughter or anything like that. But he was such a classy person. And just he epitomized to me what a comic book retailer should be. Why do you think we're all sitting here? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't. That, that's that's a tough question. Um, I, from a pride standpoint, the second Super Show, because it was like our biggest best event, and and it was exceptional, and everyone had a great time, and just everybody loved it. Um, but then on a very personal level it's sort of hard to pinpoint lots of the crazy antics with peter and i in hotel rooms and you know (laughs) making u-turns in pittsburgh and moonings in baltimore and you know i mean all kinds of crazy stuff just all those moments are i don't know exactly which one occurred in exactly which place or whatever but all of them sort of combined are the best pittsburgh is a challenging city to drive through because it's not a grid Jesus. So yeah, it, it can lead to frustration very quickly. Numerous bridges and tunnels, <laughs> and yeah, and there's no left turns. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think mine, similar to Pants's, mine is uh, kind of a comic shop crawl related memory. Um, it was several free comic book days ago, um, whichever year it was, uh, Spider-Man Three came out. Remember, we went to a, a bunch of uh, comic shops uh, around like the Pottstown area. And uh, we uh, then ended up uh, – we went to a, that, that huge sushi uh, buffet restaurant yeah, yeah. or Norristown. Because oh, right, you were driving, right? I th- think and I was, remember yes. Remember how we were all concerned with Bird driving with us? <laughs> why was this a concern and why am I just hearing about it now? <laughs> every time – Adam, every time you drive, it's a concern to us if we're in the car with you. It's <laughs> <laughs> there, there will be words about this later. But, uh, <laughs> Notice how Matt walked away, right? Yeah, he just, our, that, he's the only one I remember <laughs> criticizing my driving that day. He, he said it was too predictable. Like I wasn't, I wasn't jumping shark tanks or something. It wasn't <laughs> not like, crashing is too. Predictable, but anyway, we went. So. We, we went to comic shops. We had our fill of geekery that way. We went to have sushi. We went to see Spider-Man three at an IMAX theater, and then we finished the day by just coming home to Brian's house and recording a podcast about it. So we, we, we got to experience comics, adaptations of comics, and podcasting about comics, and we did the whole thing as a group. And it was just just a, a very nice way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Just kind of stuck with my mind as a nice day. I think the hot 22 will live in infamy. Yes. <laughs> That's that was, very true. That was, very, Matt, was that Matt's bachelor party? Matt's right? bachelor yeah. party. Classic <laughs> moment. Matt is still absent from the uh, panel at the well, moment. Or just you almost decking a stripper. Yeah. <laughs> it's not often. It, it was, was a reflex. <laughs> <laughs> he actually pulled a fit and, and pulled back, and we had to stop him. From... No, it was a backhand, actually. <laughs> 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 
as I re- as I recall, there was more of a fist, but you know. <laughs> I can remember that was so dirty. Ryan had said. I think I'm going to head back to the hotel. I'm going. Yeah. Let's go. And we don't just mean dirty in the metaphorical no, no, sense. We mean literally filthy. grime. Definitely need a tetanus shot after that. <sighs> I don't know, but Chris's wife had a great time. <laughs> well, yeah, all the all the women, the women enjoy themselves more than. Uh, well, you were grinning ear to ear and throwing money to all the, our female friends to throw out to the. Dancing I, give, the stage. I don't think I gave a dollar in that joint. I thought you were giving money to no, our wives. No, no. Oh. I'm going to stand in the cheap seats and let other people pay for it kind of guy. Have you just met Brian? Uh, I, know, yeah, I, know. I know he's frugal. I know he's frugal, but you don't you know, know I'm remembering just this ghoulish grin on your face as you just watched our wives and girlfriends enjoying the dancers, basically. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. Yes, it was. Here's to the goddess. Oh, Here's the to goddess. the Uptown Cabaret. Yeah. Here's to the uh, Deja Vu out in Seattle. You remember the name? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> These are strip clubs. Now that I expected. <laughs> of all I, of us to remember the only name, name that I remember is the Goddess in Baltimore because that was a, yeah. Yeah. that is was an interesting there? place. I don't know. Somebody I haven't know. been to Baltimore Anybody in years. Know? Anybody know? Don't know. Still there? I live there now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going there. I just pass them on the street. Uh-huh. Sure. Sure. I'm already enough trouble as it's my girlfriend, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just. I wanted to bring up real quick that uh, one, one of the one of the best things about Super Show were the panels that ran there were some of the most intimate and personal panels that especially the creator panels that I've ever been to at any convention I've I've ever I've ever been to period the Simonsons panel that you guys did that was probably to this day listening to it as a podcast afterwards and being there in person one of the greatest experiences I've ever had just for the stories they told about the industry and and how open and honest they were about the whole damn thing that I will never freaking forget and the last Uncle Sal panel at Super Show with with Jamie up there with him was absolutely worth every single penny and I will I will never forget that any anyway no 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 damn doubt about it that was good stuff if there's anyone up here at this point, or if there's any one of us that would have, would not stop doing the podcast, it's definitely Jamie. Jamie was one who always said he will be doing this. He wanted to do it forever and ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, where the rest of us were like, oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. Now, if there's one good reason for the rest of us to continue doing it, yes. it's because we know Jamie would want us to. And because as long as we continue doing it, it will be as if Jamie had not left us. <laughs> I, I can remember one of the conversations we had. It was around the time that I sort of stepped away from the show, and was, Jamie said, "Well, we got to keep going. You know, ten years is coming. We got to go to got to go to ten years, at very least ten years." And here we are, ten years later. And yeah. I'm, I'm as well still going sometimes because you know, with all the personnel coming and going and like that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to hard to not talk to friends about comics. You know, it, it comes easy. I look forward to it a lot of times because. You guys just uh, are just wonderful to talk to about not just company, other things. We go all over the place, and just the tangents we, we go on are just. What are you talking about? We're very focused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We script uh, script is stuck to all the time. <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of fun. 
Hans, how are you holding up with this whole David Letterman retiring thing? You're going to be all right? Oh, yeah, I think that'll be fine. I'm getting an extra five hours a week to read comics now, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I probably will. I have in my mind that I'm going to do some sort of an episode on that before in the next two months. I have a little bit of time to, to work on that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been a big part of my life for God, 30 years. been watching him and see him retire. It's, I've been very lucky to go up uh, to see him in person all these years and to actually briefly have a conversation with him. We actually talked comics very recently uh, about his appearance in The Avengers before the show started. I asked him if he remembered anything about it. Of course he didn't because it was, you know, 30-some years ago. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss that. Uh, it's coming, I'm, I'd love to somehow get up there and get in that last studio audience. Um, May 20th, I guess, is the last episode. I don't know if it's going to be taped that day, so I'll have to... Take a week off and hang up around New York around the studio and see if anyone can get me in. All right, there we go. There's a, there's a true test yeah, of, of the CGS web. Like, is there somebody in the Ed Sullivan away. Theater or something with the tickets that can, you know, pants at Comic Geek Speak, get him in. Yeah. <laughs> pants, just treat it like it's one of the cons where you get there, like, five hours before they open up and just sit. Oh, I, I've done that before, yeah. I've, that's why I got an autograph from him, just waiting out in front of the theater since, you know, like, 8 in the morning. See him, see him drive by his Ferrari. Oh, no, there he goes. Get in the car. His Ferrari, you know what he drives. Well, this, this, was, this, <laughs> was, 20, this was 20 years ago. Yes, exactly. He did have a problem with a stalker for a while, didn't he? Uh. That autograph's not on, not on a restraining order, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He only thinks those clothes go to Goodwill, but they're mine. <laughs> Somebody else want to go to the mic? Are we wrapping up soon? Or we, I don't know. <laughs> we just keep going. Just keep going. Okay. Right. Uh, I'm Jason Daniels, uh, Evening 639 on the forums. And I have you guys to thank for actually getting me back into comics because I had stopped reading after one more day and uh, I was away for about five years. And in 2013-ish, uh, I decided that it had been five years too long, and I really wanted to get back in. So I amateurishly just bought everything new on the rack, and it was right in the middle of Forever Evil, and I was confused as hell. <laughs> uh, so I went online, looked up comic podcasts, found you guys, and um, through listening to you, I actually gained a bit of a focus uh, to get me back in. Uh, first couple of episodes were interesting uh, in contrast to when I got brave enough to start exploring because it was just Brian and Peter and uh, I think Shane and Jamie. And uh, it was a very loose conversational style, more akin to what I would experience with uh, my friends. Uh, when I got brave enough to start exploring the episodes, I went with uh, something I was interested in. So I typed in X-Men and found the X-Men spotlights and then listening to Chris and Murd take over the show, uh, it was like listening to James Lipton and Jack Higgins having a conversation. Uh, but it was enthralling. So that, that actually leads me to my question. Um, when you guys do the spotlights, obviously there is a lot of focus that goes into that, and it must be uh, a test of discipline and endurance to read all of that material and go over it and regurgitate it in a, a very uh, focused manner. How do you go about that? Uh, when you get the idea for a spotlight, like, do you guys talk about it uh, ahead of time? And then, like, do you take time to do your research, do your reading, or is it just kind of something that, that flows? Hmm. Go, you go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Oh, okay, well, 
Really? Oh, thank you, Jason. And I, I apologize. I, uh, Jason made a present of a, a placard that reads, Adam Murdo, Staff Crisisologist, which really should be sitting right here right now. I'm sorry. It's behind me. I, I totally forgot about it when I sat down, but it, trust me, it's, it's here. So um, speaking for myself here, Chris, you may have a different philosophy to these things. And really, Chris deserves the lion's share of the credit for reinventing the concept of the CGS spotlight uh, with his uh, various Marvel character spotlights that we've done over the years, which have been phenomenally – phenomenous. Phenomenally – Yeah. Can we make that work? Phenomenally genominational. Yeah. Uh, they've, they've been very good, Chris. Thank you, sir. Enormously informative and entertaining. Everybody loves them, and we all know it. Um, uh, but uh, so what usually happens when we do the spotlight episodes is whether it's, it's Chris or myself that's uh, in charge. One of us takes the point. Usually it's Chris and the Marvel spotlights and the more recent uh, Fawcett slash DC Captain Marvel ones, it's been me. Um, we uh, do our research process and compile a set of notes sort of an outline that we then uh, send to everybody else who's going to be, partic- be participating in the recording of that episode. And then when the day comes, uh, we all gather. We'll all, we'll all have had a chance to read the, the outline ahead of time. And we sit down, and uh, the discussion leader, who prepared the notes in the first place, then uh, assumes his position at uh, the metaphorical lectern and uh, begins just uh, holding forth. And everybody else who happens to have notes or per- firsthand experience with the material we're being discussed is free to just jump in and interrupt at any time and you know, to ask questions or contribute additional facts. And it just kind of goes on that way. So it, it's kind of a... Uh, uh, it, it's a collaborative thing, really. It's, it, it's a classroom discussion. There's always a discussion leader, a teacher, if you will, but uh, everybody else uh, brings something to it. And so we, we all kind of learn from each other's personal experience of the material. And that's an important point because if it's just you or I just talking and no one else was speaking, it mm-hmm. wouldn't be as interesting because people are asking questions. Oftentimes when I'm leading one, you bring in additional notes mm-hmm. that flesh out things maybe I forgot or I was – a lot of times I'll ask you questions. I want you to supplement things that you know more of than I would, for example. You usually turn to me for the villain side exactly. bars, for example. Uh, Pants has scolded me for some technical things. Sorry, Pants. <laughs> um, but that, that approach has always worked well. And in terms of prep, for me, I just – I have a, a very large library of, of graphic novels and comic history magazines and books, and I just go through everything. And I just I, – if I could get, get paid to do spotlights for a living, I'd be the happiest man – in this room, without question, because uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy just going through all the history and just sort of compiling and sort of you know carving out a presentation when we're on the air. Um, I just wish I had more time to do them um, because most of the more uglier aspects of real life will get in the way of that. Um, I, I just wish we could do them more and more, but. Uh, they're, they're a real labor of love, and, and I, I thoroughly enjoy doing them. Yes, despite the limited amount of time you have to do them, Chris, they are always top-notch. I, that's nice to hear, especially since I do some of them pretty much at the last moment, so that's especially reassuring <laughs> to hear that. But Yeah, we're working on uh, – you have more Captain Marvel to do, yep, and yep. I'm working on uh, more Daredevil at the moment. So. Right, and Fantastic Four is yeah. coming a little bit mm-hmm. uh, further down the line. Yeah, John Byrne, yep. The John Byrne FF want to do very much for Jamie and do really do a good mm. job on yeah. on that one. Yep. So that is why, if anyone's been wondering why it's been such a long time since the FF and the Bronze Age spotlight, it has been because Chris, out of the goodness of his heart and his boundless generosity, has provided all of us with enormous copies of the uh, Fantastic Four by John Byrne omnibus. It's like a thousand pages of comics. 
because he wants us all to have a first-hand experience of the material so we can have a real, you know, even more so than usual, collaborative discussion of it. So that we know that this material was very important to Jamie. And so it is in his honor and memory that we will be mm -hmm. devoting extra time and care to that particular installment of the CGS FF Spotlight <laughs> series. And if I just pounded the table, if I said don't pound the table, just pound the table, that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I love the... Oh, Can I just jump in real oh, Absolutely, quick? yes. I want to get in on that FF Spotlight because I have read the whole burn run Brennan. and love it. You betcha. So, It'll be in uh, probably end of March we're going to do that. Yeah, I want to so, do that too. So, we'll, we'll send out an email, the precise date. I, I love these spotlights because I, I love comics history, especially when I'm only roughly familiar with it. You know, these Marvel Spotlights are just tremendous. They, the Silver Age, Bronze Age, I, 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 I love those so much. I love jumping in occasionally when I can with, with my pithy comments on that. But those are some of like, our most popular episodes, and it just blows my mind because we do so many things. That's what people, people love, and they, they're almost angry when we don't do them enough. Like, we've seen some feedback. Where are you going to do with this Marvel, you know, you mentioned the FF Bronze Age, and I, I love these spotlights. And now they use it to... Uh, be done around anniversaries of characters, but now we're just going. What brought you to do the Captain Marvel one? Oh, because uh, this past oh, it's, it's seventy it's, right seventy fifth oh, right. yep. okay. diamond anniversary. Yeah, and I, I I love Chris's notes too. He sends out there so because he's a big teacher. Of course, he gets the nice outlines and everything. Now, Murd, thank you, sir. Not only the spotlights do I love listening to Chris and Murd lament about whatever subject matter it is. Uh, there was the final crisis. Episode that Murd did. What what was the one explaining all the Superman? Oh right, that was uh, Final Crisis number seven and the uh, the Superman Beyond uh, two issue I, I, series. Yeah, that was even I was lost on that, and and Murd laid that out for me. So I, I just love listening to these guys go on and on about the subject matter, and I can sit there in awe of of the information they have. Happy to help. The other thing I love about the spotlights that when we do them is we can shed light on creators that may not a lot of people aren't as familiar with who contributed to the history of a particular character or title or the medium in general. And uh, that's one of the main reasons I love doing them is because I get to talk about these artists that I admire who maybe not as many people are aware of or, you know, they were shortchanged like Bill Finger or something along those lines. So that's always part of the fun of doing that as well. Yes. Peter has left the table, and suddenly the episode is rudderless. <laughs> come on, come on, Danny. You know you want to pick one from here. Up towards the front area. Come on. Right. <laughs> come on. We're acknowledging the wild pig contingent right here in the front row of the audience. Let's shine a spotlight on them, folks. Billy. Hello, I'm Bill. And I'm, Hi, Bill. I'm Hi, medium Bill. height, and this microphone seems like it was set up just for me. <laughs> I work for Chris, uh, managing Wild Pig Comics. He's part of the slimy comic book owner contingent. <laughs> the slimiest. <laughs> if you guys had to, uh, if you guys had one thing that you could go back and change any point uh, over the 10 years with the podcast, uh, what would you change? No more pants. <laughs> you mean the person or the uh, article clothing? That's, yeah, that too. that's part of our upcoming House of P storyline. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'll get started off, and I don't mean to bring anybody down, but if I could do it again, I, I wouldn't have left the show back when I did. 
because I missed those last six months getting to see Jamie on a regular basis. Uh, that's one of my biggest regrets because getting together, seeing everybody now is what brought me back to the show. Um, so that's what I would change. I would would have never left. <clears throat> I, I know you, you, you said that almost right away, and I, I'm glad you came back because being able to see everybody on a regular basis. Come on, help me out here. <laughs> all, all right, all right. I would change that we could figure out a way to do this instead of real jobs, and this would be our real job. <laughs> Testify. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> One of the best parts of being in the studio is when Pants loses it and has a laughing fit in the studio. Because you can't see him, like, he's making gestures like a Roman orator, and then his face turns beet red. It's, it's, and he's usually, it's classic. He's usually covering his mouth. Yeah. So that he's not heard so loudly. That's great. <laughs> Anybody else? That's a tough question. I, a tough I, I question. would just say attendance so that I could participate more. That would be the big change. Apparently, you, you, you can still change that, you know. Uh, if I could, I would. <laughs> I well, heck, you brought your child to one of the recordings <laughs> in, 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 a, in a little bassinet <laughs> on the counter while you're recording. She, she's more mobile now. Well, I know so that now, but. <laughs> it gets harder later. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't even know. <laughs> Apparently, we're living without regrets here. I, I thought, <laughs> Brian, I thought you, you, if you could go back, you would change the name of the show. Really? I thought at one point you said that you just kind of threw the name together. Oh, yeah, it would... took about eight seconds. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's the name. <laughs> I mean, because I, uh, I, I didn't anticipate it would be some, right. you know, 10-year-long running, you know, entertainment yeah. and knowledge Device, and I just figured it would just be this thing that we did for a little while, and then move on to something else. So, but I, I mean, now in retrospect, I, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with it. You know, yeah, works. Yeah. Has, has an internal rhyme. Right. What more can you ask? <laughs> exactly. Actually, you know what's funny about that uh, conversation? This is a little bit of a tangent. Is I'm I'm wearing Matt tweeted a while ago, and he was like, I wonder if I should wear. The same thing I wore to episode 100. We have a picture here, Golden Eagle, like right in front of one of these tables with all of us. And uh, so I looked and saw what shirt it was, and I have uh, a Loopy Dave CGS guy, CGS man design shirt that I wore at episode 100. So I wore it, and on the back it says CGS, and it has the symbol, right, the the symbol for the O. Mm-hmm. And my girlfriend, saw, uh, she saw me put it on. And she said, "Where's first of all?" She said, "Well, where's the S?" And I said, "Well, it's it's C. It's a G back, and the little spindle things are the S." She goes, "Oh, I thought it was kind of like a microphone kind of thing." And I went, "Oh, I never really thought of it. It is kind of like a the head of a microphone type thing, a little bit, you know, like those old old school, you know, little yeah. swirls things." So I thought that was interesting. Um, so, would you say change or something we if regret? You, if there change? was something that you wanted to change. I think it would have been, yeah, yeah. Um, those convention, the one of the uh, things that made the show grow early on was that first big convention tour in two thousand six. I think it was yeah. where we had the shirt and we went. 
like most of us went yeah. to all those places. It would have been great to do a few more of those, like every other year. Um, uh, and we did. I mean, because we, we all did go to – we went to a lot of conventions. But to go even in, like, full force uh, – because that was a great way to get out there and s- to meet people, you know, um, meet the listeners, go to new conventions uh, in different areas, uh, to just go and say, okay – Here's the people in the Southwest, and here's the people here and there. Like, that was a fun part of the show that helped make it grow. So that would have been something. Like, just, you know, go to more, even more conventions. Yeah, that would have been fun. I think if I could have somehow figured out a way to convince more of our friends to come on, like Scott and Bill and John and Tyrus. I mean, if Tyrus was on the air, could you imagine? Yeah. Imagine Tyrus and Murd going on about some series it would it would just be i think everyone's ipods would explode of awesomeness right okay. now, I, one I time we could have is, coaxed him with a chip witch chip witch, yeah. chip witch right yeah. go out to the, there's a vending machine right out there yeah. so uh, uh, so he, he played new uh, paper boy on uh, correct on the crusade yep show. and he worked with us at, at yeah. he works for so. superhero stuff mm-hmm. right now yeah. <laughs> don't believe i've ever actually met the man but i Kind of wish I had. Well, you would, He's an you amazing would human being. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like John, John was really good. Like he, John would talk about like The Walking Dead the one time he was on, and Alex and his Star Blazer stuff. Yeah. Jamie of Earth 2, the, the yeah. episode Matt did with Dana and uh, Dave Romano. Like, was, yeah. was it alternate? What did we call it? It was episode 666. Six, 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 the Cabal. <laughs> Yeah, what if, if, no, no, no. Was what if Matt was created movie. Comic Geek Speak? Wasn't yeah, that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun episode. Right. Hey, I wish we would some, at some point do that a script that was sent to us for the Crusaders. <laughs> so oh, wow. Marty, yeah, Marty yeah. Devine. That was about, oh, about oh, eight oh, years oh. ago. Marty sent that script in. Yeah, we're going to get to it, Marty, one of these days. <laughs> yeah. Best laid plans. Yeah. That was a tough question you asked us there, Bill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. now we had to think <laughs> to coin a phrase yeah. Yeah. oh my god we know what you think now, <laughs> now, <laughs> I thought hard about it there are probably hundreds of like little like stupid things I've said behind the microphone that I wish I could take back and the many interviews when we used to do those when I wish I could have like spoken up said more asked a key question here or there instead of just sitting there like a lump of lead as I too often do during interviews but you know the nice thing though about uh, being an open-ended thing like this podcast we've got going here you know 10 years and no end in sight is that uh, for every regret that we have we've got lots of time left to uh, maybe in some future episode in some way set it right did something wrong that you wish you'd done differently in the past you know there's how many more episodes of comic geek speak to come when we can you know make amends for that and do a better job in the future so maybe that's why we're we're, we're like brian's shark brain here where we're always moving forward <laughs> shark brain <laughs> I'm more of a puffer fish myself. <laughs> you know, Merge, you say that. And I'm oh! Oh! You say that, and I'm thinking of that Muppet sketch. So they waddled away, waddle, waddle. And uh, even I didn't get that one, Shane. I'm sorry. <laughs> you never saw that skit on a Muppet show? I don't think I have, no. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Sharks getting uh, the guppy fish running away from the sharks. I got a question for Brian and Peter. When you first started out, what was your first feedback you got from anybody? And, you know, what did they have to say? I don't remember. They, uh, 
because I was listening to those earlier, there is someone that I actually I think it was uh, Omar from Los Comicicos. Oh, maybe. And then there was another guy who emailed, and we read it on the air. It's on the air. Like mm-hmm. the first email, the first voicemail, the first geek of the day, which was an old segment, the first submitted Stump the Rios. Like, I mean, if you just look through all that stuff, the first interview was because of Tom Martinet. You know, like it, there's a lot of, we were good about acknowledging the listeners and all that stuff. The, 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 um, the tagline is from Chris, Whitting, uh, you know, Chris, uniting uh, the world. Yeah, right? yeah, I think it's yeah. Um, the logo, the the character. Joe Jans did the logo. Yeah, we farmed out everything, <laughs> and 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 gave him some books, you know, or something. Just yeah. Well, when we tried stuff like Second Chance, it wound up going nowhere, so we had to outsource. Yeah. Well, but but we got a lot of artwork on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a character we created on the show for one of the episodes. You know, could we do the thing that we are reading about? You know, it was kind of interesting. So, um, two episodes in a like, like, like the Stern show. You know, where he used to always say, "You just do something, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and if it does, you stick, you roll with it, you beat it to death." You know, so it was what we did. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think Billy to sort of go back to your question is well I may not have anything absolutely particular that I want to change right all of us are sitting here with 10 years experience and the show is still going on so every new episode and every new you know year that rolls by is like we're making changes based on things that we've decided that we should do slightly differently even if it's just in our head that we're not communicating to anyone else right it's just constantly evolving and those are all little changes you make along the way. I regretted no more crisis tape, not being on the crisis tapes, like Adam and I doing the in-depth thing. And to go back to that point about, you know, the breadth and scope of the show sort of crashing in on you around the loss of Jamie, you know, like and just sort of thinking about it and going, you know what, I missed that, but I know listeners wanted to hear that. And even if it was just two nudniks who think we know everything about crisis... And we do. Uh, and it was like, okay, you know what? I want, I, they want that. I kept seeing people requesting it. And, uh, and I said, I, I have to do it again. I get off your high horse and stop using Skype. Because I didn't want to do it on Skype. I wanted to be in person and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and then we did, wound up doing two episodes. So it mm-hmm. worked out. Yeah, well, over Skype. And, you know, I think the yeah. results were just fine. So there was a regret that reversed itself. It's turning into the Sammy Maudlin show over here. How much time do we have left on this? I don't know. It's as long as we want it to be. People are done. Do you guys have anything else? Yes. Yes. Hi, guys. I'm Eric from Idaho. Uh, I just want to say, first of all, uh, just like many others uh, before me, thank you so much for the show and uh, everything that you've uh, given us over the last 10 years. Um, as I wrote on, on my blog recently, you guys inspired me to start my own podcast. And uh, uh, it's just, I just love the medium. I, I love what you guys offer. I think you're one of the, the best things uh, relating to comic books that's, that's come out in the last 10 years. So thank you very much. Um, my uh, question just occurred to me. Uh, while you guys were talking about the, pre- the, the last thing was um, 
why you you know you you may continue to evolve and 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 do the shark brain thing. Um, uh, what 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 topics or what uh, episode ideas that have come up where you guys are just like, no way are we doing that, and why? And yeah, if, if you want to share them. Yeah. Well, first of all, mention your podcast, Eric. Oh, thank you. Long box review. Right. Thank you very much. <laughs> hmm. Huh. Hmm. I mean, ones that we've actually done that we're never going to do again, or ones that we've just never got around to producing. Either and way, probably never will. Yeah. Pre- preferably that one. Yeah. Okay. Ones that someone suggested and was shouted down. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There, there have been tons of potential <laughs> interviews that we've collectively decided not to do because we just weren't interested in the topic. And so we don't want to do a half-assed show where you're just sort of going through the motions because somebody asked us to interview them or we felt like we should do coverage of a certain thing or something. It's like, nah, that, 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 we, we've done that a few times in the past and it is never any fun. So we're just like, sorry. You know, if someone emails us like, hey, do you want to talk to me about my new book? And it's like, not really. Like, it's not like anything personal. It's just that we don't want to do, if we're going to have you on the air, it's because we want to talk to you, not because we're just like doing the right thing. It's like, no, we're going to do, this is our show, and we get to sort of talk about what we feel like talking about. And if we don't feel like talking about some book or interviewing some creator, it's not because we're being mean. It's just because it wouldn't be... It wouldn't be doing you any justice because it'd be all – no one's heart would be in it, right? Just recently there was an article on some clickbaiting site. I don't remember where it was. And it was – it said the top ten reasons why The Flash could have failed or something like that, the TV show, right? Like let me pick top ten reasons why this very popular show in another alt- reality is failing, right? It, was just, it didn't make sense. Like why be so negative about – that show like why write an article about that and i know there's been we've like uh, responses on the forum or emails or just topics of like let's do the 10 worst <laughs> characters of the 90s or the 10 stupidest writers ever you know what i mean it's like that's that's boring like uh, why we can get into those I mean, i'm sure in our conversations they've come up mm-hmm. but to do a specific thing about a negative thing like that the 10 you know, like the 10 worst costumes, I guess that's kind of fun and silly. But the real negative ones, I used to always hate those suggestions and would just never respond to an email if it said that or whatever. Because it's just coming from a, a bad place. Well, I think that was one of the things early on is that it wouldn't be why does, this, why does this miniseries suck? It would always be why is this miniseries good? And if it was one that we collectively thought stank, we – Rather than address it, it. yeah, we just just moved on from it. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. And again, it's not—it's not that we shied away from saying books were bad, you know, in a conversation or like in a book of the month, or or uh, somebody brought up on the on the on Twitter about that JLA JSA miniseries where there were just editorial mistakes all over the place, and I had fun ripping it to shreds. But it was done like it was almost still done out of a place of love, of like loving that kind of stuff, but. To go full, yeah, that that's no fun. That's never fun. I don't think we could. I don't think we could. I mean, I, I think, we, well, we probably could. But <laughs> we, we could. We could. But it's not as much fun. I think we could, but there's so many, it's going to sound preachy, there's so much negativity in the world now, mm-hmm. I don't need to add to it. I'm trying to pull out of that stuff and relax, be happy, have a good time, 
pass on some laughs to everybody else. I don't need to be down on anything. Okay, so one of my earliest memories is there's, there's a point to this. One of my earliest memories is uh, I forget which episode. I think it's like 187, where um, <laughs> Brian is talking about Black Friday and how his brother was in line at, at like Staples or Best Buy or something, and people are coming in line, and the guy in front of his brother's like turns around and says hold my spot, and then proceeds to punch out people that are skipping the line. My question is, which non-sequiturs and silly moments and random stories are your favorites over the years? Because that's one of, definitely one of mine. I still remember that to this day. I always laugh my ass off when I hear it. I still get a good laugh out of my laws, baby, my laws. <laughs> There's a bomb wow. that that. Yeah, also, Another one was Peter's uh, rendition of You Get the Touch. That was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. There's so many. I don't know how. I can't even remember half the stuff we talked about. Just like I can't remember any of the comics I read, I don't remember any of the stuff we talk about. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's, uh, that's like the type of question that the listeners know. Like, they know that. Sort of like with me and Stern, like us, and like if we're, you sort of know, remember conversations, and they remember that kind of stuff. Like they'll come up and they'll say, "Oh my God, the time you guys just talked about, blah blah blah." You know, meeting Pants's mom was kind of cool. I don't know if that's uh, that yeah. was Mother Pants, yeah, that was Mother, Mother Pants. Pants. Mother Pants. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Slacks. We got to meet Slacks. <laughs> I I don't know. I can't. <clears throat> I mean, we talked about this on the show. But the f- absolute fun- funniest moment I've had in our entire history that I can recall is in San Diego in 2006, uh, in the hotel room, and Peter pantsed me when Matt's face was inches from my crotch. Like, he was putting on his shoe, and I was, like, getting my shirt on or something, and Peter's like, wonk, and Matt's like, wah! You know? I mean, we laughed. For like 15 minutes straight, like in tears, because the timing was so perfect. That that was absolutely the funniest moment. And, and then I think anytime after that, when we got a hotel room together, when I could, I would sleep like underneath the desk or something, so I know somebody could jump on top. I liked when uh, we were playing uh, some kind of Queen song in there, and Peter's going, "Sing, you dead gay bastard, sing!" <laughs> I mean, all the Uncle Sal episodes are oh. off topic. Oh, oh my the, God. Those, those mean, you just, just show up for and you say hi and yeah. sit back, and yeah. he just goes. Yeah. And it's hilarious. They're just amazing. Yeah, you learn to participate in those. He was on to, uh, I mean, I'm sure Pants will look it up. It was. It was going around trying to look for sponsors. Like we were starting to say, let's, you know, maybe we can help some people out or we can make some money or whatever. Um, and I kept seeing Atomica, Atomica, like little banners. And I was like, oh, what is this? So I clicked on and looked at it. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And um, just reached out. And he was such a cool dude that I don't know if he did research on us or listened to us. He was like, sure. And we were like, well, okay, let's bring you on. He came on, and that earliest one is just him talking about Atomica, and um, uh, and you could sort of get a hint of the madness that was going to come, and 
Uh, then we brought him on again and just started getting looser and looser until that poodle story came out. And that, <laughs> and that was it. Like, that was it. And we met him at a Wizard World Philly, Philly show. Yeah. 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 And we, said, we, we agreed. Yeah. We're like, let's take him out. It was him, Cousin Buzz. Um, and we paid for it. And, and they were, you know, they're like, no, no, no. And they, I remember them emailing or talking to Brian and saying, they were they were worried. They were like, oh, you know, we're gonna, you know who are these guys going to be? And we were just real. Like we were, we just talked to them. We didn't talk to him about comics. We just talked about life, and we didn't come at him, you know, through the Alex Ross art angle or anything like that. Like, and I think it was because of that. Like we were just guys, and he, we probably reminded him of what he was like, and Buzz and all those guys when they were younger and going to conventions and, um, and. He was just so open and honest and just enjoyed the spotlight that he had on the show to be able to tell his wacky tales. And uh, I think he appreciated that we were just guys just talking. So the earliest episode we can find, the first story time with Uncle Sal is episode 108, February 20th, 2006. So less than a year. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's see. We had him. It also looks like episode 74. Uh, it was top five first issues. He was on talking about uh, Atomica. So that's probably that yeah. was just when he, and that was before story time. That right, was just right, him right. talking. Yeah, yeah. I want to actually ask a question since I haven't done that yet. Um, so re- relating back to talking about, uh, you know, movies that have, uh, you know, had an impact and all that on, on kids and, you know, you guys as well. I'm curious what your favorite uh, guilty pleasure adaptation of a comic is. Like one that isn't even necessarily good, but one you just always go back to and enjoy in one way or the other. Hmm. Um, The Shadow. It's not that I think it's bad, but knowing what I know about the character, they so tried to crowbar it into the 90s perception of what comic book characters should be. And if you read the novel, it's so much better than the novel um, novelization of the the movie. It's so much better than the actual movie that you saw. Uh, for me, um, I would say Mystery Man. Actually, oh. <laughs> okay, but I know I know Brian likes this movie. Peter's apparently in my camp here, but uh, it's. You know, c- compared to the superhero, ad- the very uh, straight-laced superhero adaptations of today, which are, shall we say, a little more respectful of the source material, um, it, it's definitely it's a comedy. It, it, it's kooky. It's bizarre. It's uh, like it, it's like steeped in late '90s post-camp treatment of superheroes. It's not even it, it, it's not that close to Bob Burden's own like Dadaist take on superheroes, on which it's very loosely based. But still, it's it, it, it's funny stuff. It's got some very gifted comedians in it. It's got some you know, great uh, if lame. Uh, superpowers and things. it's kind of inspiring really in, in a way it's, it's in its own bizarre comic way it's, it's it's inspiring to me personally that these people with these unconventional and underappreciated skills the ability to shovel very well or to keep silverware well sorted these people can still somehow manage to uh, you know, triumph over the forces of evil and save their you know unusual uh, urban metropolitan home uh, just by using these you know oddball talents of theirs and it's it's it's, it's a good message it's got some unusual special effects some great comic performances and i've i've watched it many times and it's it's one of my go-to films and yes i watch it on vhs <laughs> waffle man that's a, <laughs> that was dane cook you realize Waffler. that i mean that's a movie that i've learned to grow and love 
over the years. When it first came out, and even after it first came out, I, I didn't really think much of it. You know, I just thought it was this campy, kind of almost pissing on you know comics. I, I didn't, I didn't, obviously because I didn't watch it and really pay attention to it. That's what I expected it to be. Um, but then I started to watch it, and then I enjoyed it. And then it's to me, it's one of those movies that still holds up. Like I could sit down and watch that today um, and really enjoy it. And that I can't say about all the comic movies and interpretations and such. So it is something for me that became an evolution to appreciate and love that movie. Um, so <coughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. Flash Gordon. I mean, it's I've t- I've waxed rhapsodic about the movie on the air before, but it's still one of the most glorious, ludicrous. I, I don't even call it a guilty pleasure. I'm proud of how much I love that movie <laughs> and how utterly absurd it is. And yet at the same time, it's loving, reverential treatment of the source material in its own way. So, And as you noted before about uh, great queen music, and it's just... Did you see Ted? I've seen... Oh, okay. yeah, Ted, of course. Yeah. So that would that, be my selection. I, I'd have to agree with Chris. I can't think of a better candidate than that. <laughs> Going along with Matt's shadow, I'd also go with the Phantom. I, yeah. Anytime that's on, I watch it. I love it. Um, and and also, love it or hate it, when it got to this level, I love Batman Forever. It was on again last week, and son of a gun, if I didn't sit down and watch the whole damn thing. I'm going to change my list of regrets. <laughs> Billy, what would I change? <laughs> that would be Batman and Robin. How can you... How, what? Batman Forever? It's fun. That's not bad. Fun. No, it's not. Batman and Robin is bad. Batman and Robin sucks, but Batman Forever isn't bad. Yes, it is. I'm actually it's in their camp here. It's at the abyss. It's it hasn't gone it over didn't cry. It was damn close, <laughs> but it's still fun. Oh, my. <laughs> Some things I just can't agree with you on, you didn't like the end of Lost. That's just crazy. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to say for me, it it has to be the the Spider-Man TV show from the seventies, <laughs> which I, I can I can openly feel comfortable saying it in a form in like a form like this now. But before, it's it's something that I think it's more nostalgia than anything else, just because of the fact that I mean, obviously it's it's not a great show. I mean, but in an essence, to me, reflecting as a kid, again in the seventies, taking into consideration. What did we have up to that point? You know, we didn't have internet. We didn't have a lot of comic adaptations. You know, at that point, we had Wonder Woman and uh, and the Hulk, and that was pretty much you know, and obviously the serials and things that came before that. But I mean, that's all we ever had. You know, so to for me being a Spider-Man fan for for how many years growing up to see a Spider-Man TV show, I was profoundly excited to the uh, you know to see something come to formulation, you know, in, in on TV that I could sit down and watch as a fan. Uh, and somewhat holds up to me. You know, I, I look at it now. I go back and I've watched it numerous times. I collect pictures from it. I try, you know, but I think it's more of a nostalgia thing, obviously, than an enjoyment thing. Um, but I kind of look at it as a Spider-Man year one. To me, there's some things that are level, that are plausible in that essence, you know, whereas we look at the big major motion picture movie and he, you know, goes right into having that perfect costume and all that stuff. You know what I mean? To me, that kind of stuff looked like that could fit for me as somebody who likes a character. Like, okay, he got his powers before they're super villains, before, you know, he had the right costume. You know, those things kind of, as much as it gets chewed up for, you know, I can say, like, that's my Spider-Man year one kind of thing, you know, that 
I, I, so I kind of enjoy that part of it. Those things that bring that enjoyment. And then the other thing, it has to be the Hulk and Ling movie, which <laughs> I know. I, I, I just watched it, I think, twice already this year. Because it's, they've been showing it a lot on, like, the pay channel, you know, like, movie channels and stuff like that. And I, and I like it. I, I do. And um, I, still, I still like it. Granted, it's not perfect, you know, but I like it. Yes, he's still there. He's he li- going to conventions or anything? Occasionally, uh, uh, he, he's gone to ones in uh, California. And he's also, uh, from what I'm reading now, on, he's on Twitter. Um, he lives in Australia, actually. He, does, he writes and produces as well as still acts. Um, but he's going to one, I think, in England. He's, he was invited to go to one to England, which, little known fact, he was, uh, he's well-renowned before he obviously became Spider-Man. But before that, he was uh, uh, in The Sound of Music. He was one of the Von Trapp boys. Oh. So, oh my God, that's right, you didn't, Chad. You didn't know that he is. So when you well, go back and watch the Sound of Music, yes. he's the oldest Von Trapp boy. One. Yeah, that was that was one of his first big Friedrich? roles. Yeah, I forget what his name is. Frederick, I think, Frederick? I think so. I think that's what it was. Frederick <laughs> Nicholas Hammond. Check it out. But yeah, that's where he that's where he was from. And I and I and I recently just read a article that I didn't know. I mean, I knew they were you know when Bill Bixby was doing those uh, Hulk movies after the TV show ended, you know, and he was doing those uh, movies. The next movie that they were going to do after the last one was uh, a Spider-Man TV show, Hulk TV show team-up. That was going to be the next guest star. They had the whole thing put in place. Bill Bixby had contacted Nicholas Hammond and asked him if he would do it. And he said, you know, he had his own little parameters that he said, I would do it if we make sure that, you know, it's a serious thing, that there's a reason why we do it, there's a good script for the show. You know, he said, if, as long as it's treated, you know, with respect, I would, I would be interested in doing it. And it had gone so far into pre-production. And, in fact, they were going to use the black costume for Spider-Man. They weren't going to use the, uh, the red and blue one. Which, by the way, he also said in the same article that the original costume for the TV show was red and black. But they changed it because of the way it used to show up on film against other things that the blue popped out or the black didn't. So they changed that. But anyway... But they went into pre-production, and the only reason why it never finalized, they had to go through all the rights issues between Universal, who had Hulk, and Columbia, who had Spider-Man. They had to straighten all that legal bullshit out. Um, there's a dime. Um, <laughs> they left. The, when they finally got everything together, Lou Ferrigno was in Italy re, uh, filming that glorious Hercules movie that he did. <laughs> so they had to wait for him to come back from that. And then when he came back, something else came up. And then after that, unfortunately, Bill Bixby got sick and uh, inevitably passed away. So it never got made. But as a fan, that's something I wanted to see. And and I didn't – you think all these years I never knew that. And I only found that out within the last year. So I sit there and go, what would that have been like? You know, Just imagine someday we might be able to see Spider-Man and the Hulk now in a movie at some point just to see those two. I think in essence for me it's it's kind of one of those things in that that essence – at that time, in the late 80s, early 90s, I mean, again, you didn't have a lot of comic movies and stuff like that. So seeing it now, I don't think it would have – I mean, it will be cool. But to see that, to see those two on a TV show done respectively well, I think would have more, more of a, an interest to me. But I don't know. That's cool. I digress. You're up, Bruce. Hey, just taking one step back. Um, you were talking about humorous things on the show. 
and I, I got to tell you what a great inspiration you guys were for Steve and I to put out a ne the next issue of Dutchy Digest because we knew when we sent it to you, you guys would go you'd get all Dutchified and <laughs> go crazy. Do it, Adam. Do your accent. <laughs> Do it, monkey. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived around here my whole life, and my Pennsylvania Dutch accent is one of my worst. So. <laughs> I can't just come up with something yeah. on the fly. Let it, let it happen naturally. <laughs> I'm not an actor. He has to have a script. <laughs> you don't mean to do dialects. I suck. Hey, and nah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Lem was a good one for that because he, he was oh, yeah. pretty Dutchy, and we had this one guy. God, I don't remember. Is Scott still here? No. There was this guy who used to come into the Penn Avenue store. He would come in from Lancaster. I don't. He was an older guy. Well, at the time, he seemed older, right? He was in his fifties, and uh, he would say, he, anytime something was like crazy, instead of saying "get out" or "oh, that's crazy," he would say "get the net," and he would say in this real "get the net" like in a very Dutchy <laughs> accent. You know, he'd do that, and it was so funny. It was like because he was there every Wednesday without fail, and he was always getting the net. I, I don't know if that's a typical <laughs> Dutchy thing or if that was just something he said. But boy, that struck me. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Uh, did anyone in our studio audience come prepared with trivia questions today, whether about uh, comics or about uh, the podcast? I think we have prizes. Wow, they... Just giving them away. <laughs> Things that are off the air give away the prizes. Who's the farthest? Who, who came the furthest? Farthest? Furthest? Farthest? Farthest? I heard Idaho. Idaho, 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 Utah. Utah. Idaho, Idaho, Utah. Utah. Who else? Other, so depends on. Depends on the city. That's Russia. Just say you're from Russia. Yeah. Pull up Google Maps. All right, somebody pull up. Uh, I think he might be a little further east or further west. Further west? Are those the two furthest? We have, because we have, we have four of those things yeah, we can give well. away. We can give away two of those. You'll each have, uh, we have something for you. We'll give you something. A little something. A little something, something. Something, something. <laughs> well, who's the, should we do, who's the third closest, or farthest? Somebody came from Ohio. That's far, right? So, and then, what's closer than that? <laughs> My geography is amazing. <laughs> is that is that it? Because Ohio is how many miles away? Depends on where in Ohio. Where you, how many miles? Where it is, yeah. but it's a, <laughs> well, there's three. We got three to give away, and then we got it's one more. Over 300 miles. So. Who's the youngest? Who's the youngest? Yeah, do that. Who's the youngest? I'm assuming. <laughs> I got you beat then. Because we're all we're all still nine. <laughs> uh, you tell them. I don't know. Yeah, Peter's handing out copies of the hardcover collected edition of it was the Gutters Volume One, I believe. The Gutters Online Comic. <laughs> so who do we think's been on the most episodes? Well, I have a question before that. How many episodes have we actually done now? Do you know the number? Oh, pants, you're math man. You, you always know that. It's over 2,000. I wasn't prepared. I don't think it's over 2,000. 
Yeah, I think, I guess it, collectively, I think well, somebody posted it was no, over 2,000. I, I, I don't think that's correct. Well, if you count Mohatmu, that, that, that's kind of puffing wow. up the numbers. But we, yeah, we shouldn't either. I mean, we do some spin. Do we do spin-offs when we do the count or no? We did some well, sure, yeah. yeah. So isn't it like whatever the number is plus 270 something or something like, like that. that? So we're, just, we're almost around 1,800, I would guess, if not a little more than 1,800. Yeah. Between 18 and 1,900. <laughs> And I was looking at numbers. Um, there was a period of time when we weren't hosting with Libsyn, so we don't have any data from that, like, nine-month period or something like that. But just on Libsyn, we've had, like, seven million downloads over the years. So then if you add in that nine months of missing data, you know, I don't know, seven and a half million, something like that. That's it. That's a pretty good amount of downloads, I think, for 10 years. With how many episodes? It's about two an episode, right? Yeah, yeah, about, yeah. <laughs> Three people <laughs> listen to each episode, and <laughs> you guys take turns, right? Podcasting in general was pretty young back then when you started. So, right? Well, yeah, I mean. What other podcasts about anything have been going longer than you guys have continuously? I don't know longer. That, that That's I a good know. question. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the Is answer. Keith and the girl still on? Still around? I don't know. Keith and the girl and Dawn and Drew or whatever. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any idea. Yeah. There's ones that, I mean, definitely there's been, there's other ones that are celebrating. Like, I know Comic News Insider is still going on, and they're they're all hitting their 10-year soon. Um, Derek Coward, Comic Book Noise. Um, I think of that first year, but, yeah, that, that's a good question. I'm sure they're out there. I just don't know which ones. So. We're just... Too dumb to give it up. Yeah, I think well, so. Somebody do the research on that. Let us know. I mean, there were other before you guys, but are they still? I always think about that, like when I see podcast conventions, like you know, big tech convention. They're all wrapped up in tech, 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 podcast, tech, tech. And I always think, you know, though we're giving, you know, how to do your podcast, how to promote. And I always go, boy, we never get an email about like saying, hey, come and come and talk about it because we could flat out we could talk about it i think we've earned a right to sort of say well this is what we did you know and it worked um i see them all the time everybody in their suits and doing you know all suits yeah they are it's like you see pictures of this like you know they they kind of make me laugh and i just sort of sit there and go why don't you just do a podcast instead of talking about doing a podcast just do it so, yeah chumps yeah. <laughs> shoot freaking sweet <laughs> <laughs> We shot our bolts. <laughs> Hi there. Thanks, Pansy. So we're coming up on three hours, I guess. Yeah. That's, I think that, that is three hours. We podcast oh for God. ten years. Like, hey, it's yeah, we'll, 20, 25. Yeah, we got pies to give away then afterwards. That's fine. Okay. What about before we go, if each of us give our favorite moments, one top moment over the past eight years? I don't even know how to do that. Do you want I us don't. to collapse... Ten years yes. of this down to... Yes, I command it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that moment that's happening right now where we kick you out of the group? <laughs> I don't know. I the really one thing no I idea. keep coming back to is episode 775, Uncle Sal. I am literally on the floor laughing. Uncle Maisie? Yes, exactly. Uncle Maisie. That's exactly the right. The sun in the kimono. And the yep, that's and exactly it. That was crazy. I got. Um, I, I wish I could say it was the 
at one convention where Kevin and I were leaving a Marvel party, and we were uh, we went the wrong direction coming back, and it was cold, but we were drinking, so we were warm. That was a good time. Uh, what? There was a, there was another convention where Pete and I went into an adult bookstore right across from the hotel, but. But the uh, <laughs> got checked out by some We did. Yeah. But uh, the moment I think would, would top everything, because uh, um, I think it was most revealing, not, not just for what I could do, but for what we could do, but was um, the Live Strong for, for Jamie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate running. I still hate running, but <laughs> I, I train so diligently um, to do that, and it was so important that I, I needed to run the whole thing. And, I mean, that's just for myself, but then to see everyone that showed up, um, and the whole organization, stuff like that. It was just, it was an amazing day, I thought, to begin with. And I know we didn't really do a, an episode, but I, 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 it's part of the community. So to me, that's uh, the last 10 years. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't physically with us, but the fact that we rallied together to do that for him well, just tops everything else for him. He was sitting in our tent off to one side, just chuckling and shaking his head and calling us all dumbasses for punishing <laughs> our bodies like this. <laughs> I think maybe um, in 2005, so the summer of that first year, we decided to go to San Diego for the first time. At, well, for my first time, and Jamie decided to go with, and Tasha is going to come along, and Kevin was supposed to come. <laughs> and it, miraculously, that morning at like 5:45, when we're supposed to leave at six, he's like, "I'm not coming." Well, that's a whole other story. I'll let him tell that someday. <laughs> but it ended up being just Jamie and Tasha and I. Uh, in San Diego for our first San Diego convention. And that was pretty cool because at the time, like, we hadn't, like, really gotten into the comic industry yet, and we hadn't gone to a million conventions together. And so we were still really just fans at that point, and and the the conventions hadn't lost any of their muster yet because we hadn't been to a hundred of them in in a tiny period of time. And it's the biggest one, and it was mesmerizing. We hadn't seen anything like it, and it was just Jamie, Tasha, and I. And, ja- you know, since I knew Jamie the longest, and, and he was the guy that, you know, I, was the first person that I was ever really able to talk comics with. And he and I were just, like, bug-eyed walking around San Diego going, holy shit, this, like, app. We're actually here. It's so exciting. And we still didn't know anybody. And we got to interview Peter David. And it was like, oh, my God, we're interviewing Peter David at San Diego Comic-Con. And it was like, that was probably, that was has to be up there in the best moments because that was a pretty cool thing. Because now, you know, if you go to San Diego, it's just annoying. There's too many people. And my feet are tired. And I don't know enough people to go sit down everywhere I want to sit down. And uh, who, you know, I was like, uh, but then... We were just like kids in a candy store going around. So we had endless energy to walk around that convention for four days, and it, it, it was so exciting. Um, that was pretty cool. Not that it wouldn't have been fun if Kevin was there too, but it sort of became this interesting thing because it was Jamie and I, and that's <coughs> how I largely got started in, in really becoming a comic fan was because of being with Jamie. So it sort of made sense that that happened that way. Uh, well, that, that's why I let it happen. Cause yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had your best interests well at heart. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that was it. <sighs> uh, favorite moment related directly to c- uh, recording the podcast. That one time that Peter and I spent three hours, well, three hours of moments, really, uh, 
footnoting the cover to JLA Avengers number three. <laughs> the apex of our collaboration, Peter, and uh, you know, new heights or depths of uh, fanish involvement in uh, you know, the minutiae of, 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 the, of the medium. Fun stuff. But uh, outside of actually recording the podcast, I remember um, our first time at, at Third and Spruce um, related to one of the uh, the gatherings, whether it was episode 300 or maybe even the first super show, just uh, when uh, you, Brian, rented out the entire second level of Third and Spruce, you know, the bar and restaurant in, in, in West Reading. And I, I went up there and just seeing all these people suddenly recognizing me, shouting hello, and just spending the next, like, Two hours trying to move a few yards away from all the well wishers around me. It was, it was like as I, I said to Chris later on, it was a little like being in a minefield of goodwill. And it was at that point it was impressed on me just uh, how many friends we had managed to make with this little show of ours in, in a relatively at that time a relatively short time. And you know, it was an incredibly good feeling that, that I doubt I'll ever be able to match. So call that a CGS high for me. In terms of recording, it's whenever we do the off-the-cuff singing in the studio, <laughs> which sometimes Pants does record, actually. Yeah. You, you make special apps for them sometimes, right? Don't you? Um, yeah. Sure. Those are they're, well, they're organic, and they just happen, and they're just so much fun. And then otherwise, we're thinking of our trip to Pittsburgh to the Alex Ross exhibit oh, that was good at the Andy Warhol Museum, our Wild Pig crew, and you, Kay, and Tasha, and, and Jamie. Yeah. Um, we met our friend Dan out there, and... Um, that was a great time. Uh, incredible exhibit. Just all of us there together. Uh, Jamie thoroughly enjoyed it. Plus the, you, the amusement of the hotel room. Because you wisely got your own room. And the rest of us were it all... It was yeah. these three people here, myself, Jamie, in that one room. Was that the first time you had shared a hotel room with Jamie? Yes. And the first time you were introduced to his yes. thunderous snoring? Yes. Wow. So what happened was it was December in Pittsburgh. It was freaking cold. I almost went out to my van and slept in the van <laughs> for the night. It was, but it was hilarious. We can all relate. And you knew, like you were already kind of mocking us when you left to go to your own room. I was like, what, "What's going on?" And then I understood as time yeah. passed. He arranged that for you. It was classic. <laughs> Do you remember? I have a story. Do you remember going? Was it San Diego, maybe? Or New York, walking in, and it was a Rob Liefeld and a whole oh bunch of... Oh, my God. It was San Diego. Was it a Tilted Kilt? Tilted it was San Diego. So we got somebody... I think Joe Keating was the was the head of marketing at, for Image at the time. And he was like, oh, you guys should come to the Image party. It's at, you know, the Tilted Kilt or whatever. And we're like, all right, we'll do that. So it was me, Murd, and Jamie. Right? No, I was, was just, I was oh, you were there too? Yeah, I remember getting kicked out. <laughs> I didn't remember you being there. That's funny. So we're like, we go up to the hostess. We're like, oh, we're here for the image party. And she's like, oh, okay. Because I don't know. We're just thinking like it's going to be a room of people drinking and talking and a bunch of commotion and stuff. And she takes us into this like Back small room. room. And there's like only like four round tables with people sitting very quietly talking and stuff and there's like this bench at the end of the room where the door is and like we walk in and we don't know anybody in the room and everyone's sort of looking at us and then Liefeld gets up and goes out of the room gets the hostess and comes back and she's like you're gonna have to leave and we're like we don't even know why we're here like we were told to come here and now Liefeld is kicking us out of the party we didn't even say anything to anyone just standing there like a bunch of morons like looking at our phones and we, they weren't even smartphones it was just like please a text message here. it was the most awkward moment of my life I think <laughs> in a terrible terrible way in a terrible way because we have that story now yeah. What were we doing? Oh. What, what year was that? 
That had to be 2008. Or 8? Because I only went 6 and 8. And it wasn't 6. So it was either 6 or 8. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really? Was it really 8? Yeah. But Tasha was there in... I know, but you weren't at the party, though, right? Because we had the baby. Maybe you were at the hotel. I don't know. To that party? To that awkward moment go. where we got kicked out? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Who, who I can't that? remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I guess at the girl from Brazil. One waitress. What was the year that, that you and it was it Kevin that got screwed out of the uh, Tom McFarlane? And then the we first... found out who's the one that was responsible for... It's Chris Ilya. Oh, yeah, was Chris that? Ilya. Okay. Yeah, that was the very first New York Comic Con. Yeah, in, we in New York, yeah. And I got the date wrong. We were supposed to interview McFarlane at the, at the MOCA for the McFarlane art exhibit. And it was supposed to be Friday, but I thought it was Saturday. So we, we showed up Saturday, and the guy's like, why weren't you here yesterday? And, well, and then we waited and waited and waited, and McFarlane was like two hours late. And so then we couldn't do the interview, and it was a whole big disaster. Yeah. But the exhibit late. was really cool. He was late because he was at dinner with Chris Heliopoulos. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So I remember you telling him you owe me a dinner with uh, oh, yeah. Well, I'm still holding him to it. Anybody else's ass hurt from me? <laughs> oh, you got cushions. That's yeah. why. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah, this year's all right. He's no dummy. Yeah. Pants, we've shot our bolt, I guess. All right. <laughs> Any any last oh. any well oh, I'm sorry anything out there any last no anything yeah. thank you thank you for thank coming you. thank you thank you yeah. thank I hope you. it was interesting <laughs> visit us at comicgeekspeak.com oh, <laughs> <laughs> an episode is an episode and said Shane I'm ready <laughs> you didn't memorize this no <laughs> I can't memorize it. Send us to send us an email. The address is comicgeekspeak at gmail dot com. To leave a voicemail, the number is two six seven seven zero two six six four two. So funny. What now? Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Follow, Follow, persevere. 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 Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Uh, we do appreciate it. And as always, we are uniting the world's world, mightiest heroes, heroes one, one listener at a time. Fifty two. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me hanging.